So, of course, I just got back from that big old Nam show where I was hanging right. out with all kinds of studly, hunky musicians and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. One night I was having dinner with uh, with Andy and a bunch of our buddies. Honk. And our man Travis Toy. Honk. Uh, steel player for Rascal Flats. Mm-hmm. No big deal. No big deal. He's a cool guy. He was telling us these great stories about, you know, you know jazz legend Stan Getz? Yes, I've heard the name. He, uh... He was amazing and apparently just a prime son of a bitch. I believe that. In ways that you will not even believe. Okay. There's so many stories of him just like going nuts and losing his shit on fans. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like there was one night that he was playing a show <laughs> and he he apparently thought that he had like played bad during this concert, right? Okay. So he was like real unhappy with his playing. He gets off stage, this fan walks up to him and is like, Hey Stan, you played great tonight, man. What a fantastic show. You really killed it. Stan goes, what the fuck do you know? And punches him in the face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Imagine you go see a Stan Getz show. Tell him he does a good job. And he says, well, what the fuck do you know? And then punches you in the face. Uh, next fan meet and greet. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's going to be. What's you guys that? have such a great podcast. What the, the fuck, fuck do you know? know? <laughs> Only then, because there's two of us, we're going to do a Steiner liner. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the move. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Dad and Lovelies, to the greatest horror movie podcast in this land and beyond. Why it's Dad and Lovely here with the host with the most. It's Hollywood D. And it's me, Bachelor Ben. What? They calls me Bachelor Ben. They call him Bachelor Ben. I come home from California, ain't got no wife. Turns out she's run off to Thailand with yeah. her sister. Having sex with lady boys over there. I bet that's all they mm-hmm. do. They do that. They eat noodles and they kickbox. <laughs> that's it. Yep. I'm so jealous, by the way. I'm extremely, yeah. extremely jealous. Thailand, that's, yeah. I want to that go to like there. That is like the, I think, the mecca for food. Oh, yeah. In Southeast Asia, right? I like, mean, uh, Thai food, well, of course, and, you know, I've only had Thai food in America. Right. You know? Uh, but I've had some pretty legit Thai yeah. places. Actually, we had an amazing place in Anaheim called Jumpa Thai mm-hmm. that was ridiculously good. Yeah, likely made yeah. by Thai people. Yeah. And it was. Well, like, we were, like, the yeah. only white people there. Yeah, know? I was going to say, like, that—that that is just a thing in L.A. If you go into a restaurant, yep. it... It's probably people of that nationality actually making that making that dish. So you're getting more authentic. That doesn't mean it's always the best because some Thai people can't cook. I bet probably, you're but probably they still right. think they should open a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and then Americans don't know the difference, so they're like, "I think this is good." That's honestly the thing about her trip that I'm the most jealous about is, is just getting the authentic, getting yeah. that real, getting a taste mm. of that real. Yeah. See, I'm down here downtown, and they just they be calling me Bachelor Ben. I just got, actually they got back from um, from L.A. like last night, uh-huh. like ten or eleven. Yeah, caught me some sleep, and then here we are making podcast history. Hell yeah! How's your week been, man? It's been great. Uh, yeah. Just last night, Emily and I went and hung out with our friends, Flying Brian and Lindsay. Flying Brian. She's Lindsay doesn't fly, but Brian. She's straight say. off the top rope. Lindsay, she's more of a ground game. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. She'll take it to, she's Dean Malenko style. She knows all the holds. Malenko Lindsay, they call her. That's what they call her. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I've I've just had myself a hell of a week. Like I said, had the name convention and stuff. Mm-hmm. Went out there and uh, kicked ass. It was really, really a fantastic time. We had a huge show on Wednesday with Phil X, Josh Smith, Ariel mm-hmm. Posen, Mark Letary. All the people. All the people. I was playing bass for Andy Wood, of course, and yeah. Andy Timmons again, mm-hmm. which is just one of my heroes. Right. So it was an amazing time. Plus, we had performances at like the Sir booth and stuff like that. That's really cool. Which were great. Drew in a huge crowd. Yeah. Saw some dead and lovely as well as out there. Saw Josh and a bunch of other oh, people. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw really that picture cool. of you and Josh, yeah. 
Yeah, man. So shout we had out ourselves to a great time. <laughs> shout out, shout out. Uh, we had ourselves a really fantastic time, and we concluded our trip with a trip to Disney. Yeah. Uh, did you see Donald Duck? No. You didn't. I did not That's see Donald shame. Duck. Well, you know, the biggest shame of all, uh-huh. we went on Sunday. That's our last day in Anaheim and stuff, so we usually go on Sunday. And, um, you know, the big thing that we're trying to do is to get on that Star Wars Ride of Resistance. Rise oh, of Resistance, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The Ride of Resistance. The Ride of Resistance. It resists you. You're like, go! Oh, yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Then it finally goes when you're about to get off. Yeah. <laughs> Your seatbelt's unbuckled. You fly yeah. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to get on that. And so we got there at like fucking 730 in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. It's opening weekend at the time yeah. of this recording and stuff. It's supposed to be unlike any ride experience in history. It's like fucking 28 minutes long from start to finish. Dude. Wow. Like from when you queue up in the line, which you're kind of still in the ride while you're in line, apparently. Yeah, okay. Sounds nuts. So we were super stoked to get on it. Okay, get this. So in order to ride the ride, you have to sign in to a to like a boarding group, basically, okay. on like the, the Disney app, right? So, you know, all leading up to 8 o'clock, which is when the park officially opens, we're all like refreshing the app every, you know, several times every minute, trying to get in a group as early as we can. Right as it rolls over to 8 o'clock is when you can officially join a boarding group. Right. There's four of us together, right? Uh-huh. We all refresh. Boom. Join a boarding group now. Okay. We join. Uh, you like, have to scan your, your like pass, you know, scan uh-huh. the barcode on it. By the time that we had done that, the entire day had been booked. I'm talking less than 15 seconds. 15 seconds. <laughs> and you got to think, that's like the park is open for, you know, yeah. what, fucking 14 hours yeah. or something like that. The entire day got mm-hmm. booked. In less than 15 seconds. That's crazy. It was insane. Yeah. I mean, we still had a great time. You know, we didn't get to do that, but we still got to do all that. Now, you mentioned boarding groups. Is this like when you're um, sitting at your gate at the airport and you're like, boarding group one, sweet. And then they're like, all right, now we're boarding our gold plus passengers. (laughs) Uh, Not Now we'll be loading our regular gold passengers. Now, left handed gold passengers. (laughs) What the fuck? When's it my turn? I think it is like that. Group one is like, you get on. Everybody's already in their seats. Now, I have learned, just real quick, everybody think about this. When you're like rushing up to the gate to be the first person to get in. Man, the best thing in the world. It was so nice. I've never been able to do this when traveling with anybody else. But when traveling by myself, I have uh, just seen that the plane's full. Go up to the gate. Be like, hey... Can I check my bag um, and then let everybody else get on the plane? Yeah. Because they'll check your bag at the gate usually for free. Totally. They, they just, don't care. Yeah, they don't give a shit. So they'll check your bag. Then you let everybody else get on. Then you just casually walk onto a plane, sit down in your seat, and guess what? It's about to take off. That's what kills me, dude. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> rush to get on the plane, and you're rushing to sit there for 40 minutes. Yeah, what for? <laughs> yeah, and it's like before they turn on the AC, and it just sucks. Yeah, oh, it's so hot. You got so, If you're like in an aisle, like everybody's ass is rubbing mm-hmm. up against you and stuff every two seconds yeah. when you pass by. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. You know? I mean, I... I get why the first pa- first class passengers get to go on first, but I feel like if I was a first class passenger, I wouldn't want to go on first. That yeah. seems so hectic watching all these people wa- walking past you all like frustrated, hitting shit with their bags and yep. whatnot. I wouldn't want to sit there that whole time. I mean, on the bright side though, you know, we like I said, we got turned down like immediately. The whole yeah. day was done. But that would have been better than like 
you're in boarding group 100. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay there until like 12 hours later. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, is because it's a brand new attraction, like it broke down at one point for like three hours. Oh, so a lot of people didn't even get their slots, I assume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, we could have just waited around all day and then, you know, with the hopes of riding it and then gotten shut down at the last second. Yeah. I mean, there were people putting up videos on Twitter of like Disney people bringing in like, you know, bags of chips and bottles of water. Like they brought FEMA in for the people <laughs> that were in line. Was anybody throwing uh, paper towels? They were throwing rolls of paper towels yeah. to help out yeah. the people in need. That makes sense. Exactly. It's helping. Mm -hmm. Definitely helping. So, you know, that sucks, but we still had ourselves a really great time. We got to do all of the great Disney stuff. That's awesome. But yeah. the best thing of the day came from some guy, some hero, mm -hmm. that doesn't even know the impact that he has made on uh -oh. our lives. This guy, I think, I, I get the impression that this is just something that this guy does just for the shit of it. But he doesn't even know okay. how this has changed my life. So we're standing in line for the uh, the Haunted Mansion, right? Mm-hmm. We're waiting. We're just kind of chilling out and stuff. Suddenly, Andy on his cell phone gets a notification that little Thanos would like to airdrop you an image. And it's like, what is this now? Right? And in my head, I'm either going, this is this is one of two things. Yeah. It's either a, a boring family picture. Or porn. Or yeah, or a dick pic. Yeah. You know? I was like, either way. And Andy's like, I think I'm going to decline this. And uh, Travis toys with us. He's like, Dude, you're not going to open this and it's from Little Thanos? Open that shit. Mm -hmm. And what we got, Steve? Let's see it. And we're going to post these up on the Dead and Lovely Instagram page at <laughs> Dead, Dead Lovely, Lovely Pod. Pod. So you guys can experience the joy that this person brought me. We open up this image from Little Thanos and it is neither a dick pic or a family pic. What it is? It's just this. Oh, how'd you describe that photo? <laughs> that is baby Shrek saying cheese. But it's like, but it says cheese. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, C-H-E-E-S. Just sitting there looking all That's stupid. That's adorable. <laughs> because it was the last thing that we fucking anticipated, we yeah. all just like start dying laughing. Yeah. Like this is the best shit I've ever seen. We're cracking up. We're like looking around like who the who fuck did this? sent this? Yeah, what genius. Yeah, who is this awesome soul that has gifted <laughs> our lives like this? We don't see anybody, so we're just laughing about it. And then about a minute later, we get another notification. Oh, no. Little Thanos would like to send All another right. one. Little Thanos has more. And he sent this. Now describe now that image. Time, okay. Now it, it's time to get funky. It is, it is a kangaroo mouse. Uh, <laughs> and it says now it's time to get funky. Yeah. Of all the images that we could receive. That's amazing. Why that one? I don't why know. Now Did it's time to get funky. I gotta know. Did you ever meet little Thanos? So we're all just like uh -huh. dying laughing. And we see this guy like in the other side of the line from us. He's kind of like turning away. And like his girlfriend is like looking like rolling her eyes like not this shit uh -huh. again. Like he's the impression I got from the girlfriend is he's found people as dumb as him this yeah. time. You know, yeah, like, we're like, this oh, is no. the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, and finally, it's like, oh, it's him. It's this guy right here. You're little Thanos. And he's like, yeah. All right. Best friends now. Exactly. <laughs> we're like, dude, you're you're the king of kings. King of kings. Lord of lords. Holy, holy, holy is your name. So this became the game. The entire rest of the trip, the entire day at Disney. You're standing that's around great. in line. You're like, somebody's getting these pictures. Hell yeah. So you just turn on airdrop, see who's on. Dude, that's a fun game. Yeah. So yeah. get this though okay so like my phone like all of my electronic devices is named damien okay 
Now, uh, I, I do that with everything I own. If, if you can name it, it's going to be named Damien. Yeah, you know? I understand. I do the same. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> Damien, Damien, though. No. <laughs> so the thing is, is I was thinking about it, and I was like, ah, people are going to be like, Damien wants to send you a message. That's a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. So I went on my phone, and we started renaming our phones into things that like people might be a little bit more apt to right. open up. So we added up, like, uh, mine was like, the Disney Plus Experience. <laughs> Wants to, to give you a message, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, I, th- I want to say Travis like renamed his phone like Star Wars Rise of Resistance notifications. Oh no! Yeah, so that's people, awesome. Yeah. So of course they're gonna click on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, because you're like, oh man, maybe it's a notification about my place. Yeah, finally I can go. But then you open it up and it's it's this image instead. <laughs> <laughs> which which is, <laughs> holy shit! What is that guy's name? I can't remember. I, I can't remember, but he's that uh, guy in the Star Wars that has like a weird flappy white mask. Yeah. Face. And it's a guy it's who Nian, has Nian Num. Okay, a guy who has cut or uh, bitten two holes, <laughs> or hole in uh, tortillas, <laughs> and has placed them over his eyes, and he looks exactly like that yes. guy. So imagine you're at Disney waiting in line, and you're like, "Oh my God, there's a Rise of Resistance update," <laughs> and it's just that. And you're like, "What does this mean?" I wonder how many people went to ask like somebody who worked there yeah, like i just got this i got what the this fuck does mean? this mean <laughs> god i hope somebody who worked there played along and they were like oh sir oh um, you got the golden ticket wow you've got the tortilla ticket come with me <laughs> yeah this way sir yeah so that was like a life-changing experience and this guy was just doing it for giggles but now i'm serious like every time i'm waiting in line at the grocery That's, store yeah. Somebody's getting that cheese pick. Obviously. And if they accept it, next they're getting, now it's time to get funky. Now it's time to get funky. I got to keep this guy's tradition alive because he started it and it needs to keep going. I hope he's out there somewhere listening. God, wouldn't that be great? You know what? He's His brain is on another level. That's that a, he guy, doesn't have time for this. He doesn't have time for this shit. He doesn't have time he's for this He's coming up with new shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had myself a great time. Came at home to Tennessee, which I found actually... Has turned into Planet Hoth. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. What in the <laughs> fuck know, is going man. on here, Steve? What I have you know. allowed to happen? Um, it Explain was, yourself. It was beautiful. It was like 70 degrees yeah. for like a week. And then I guess like they heard you were coming back and they were like, well, let's welcome them. So yesterday it was like 19 degrees. That's Today impossible. It's in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. It's... Ridiculous. Yesterday it was uh, snowing the entire day, but it, it never snowed? stuck. Holy yeah. shit. It was just these like tiny little flakes you'd see them every once in a while. Oh, it snowed and there was an earthquake. Oh, right. There was an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> like a 3.6, like yeah. big actually. Yeah. We had also had one a few days before that. Did you feel too. it? No. Okay. No. Uh, oh, dude, I had the craziest thing. Just real quick. Yeah. Just real quick. I had the craziest thing. What if, I've said before, I think this is a simulation. What if this is a simulation? That an assistant at the lab accidentally ran before they debugged it. Oh, man. You're saying we're in a demo version? Yeah, and then we, like, when you die, he's standing there and he's like, I am so sorry. That got kind of weird, right? (laughs) For us, it was seconds. (laughs) Yeah, for you guys. For you guys, an entire lifetime. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I just found it terribly ironic that here I am in LA and you get the earthquake. I know. And you you didn't get anything. Listen, Poor guy. Have you God been is, in an earthquake? God is dumb. Have you ever He's experienced dumb. quaking of earth? You know, I've been around for a few of those that we've had here yeah, in East Tennessee. Just like minor. I mean, yeah. the one most recently was like 3.6 or something. That's that's yeah. feelable. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I recall one whenever I was living at home and I was in college and stuff. that happened at like 2 in the morning. 
and it was just like, oh, it feels like the house is a trampoline. This is kind of different. Yeah. <laughs> it just lasted like a few a few little jumps, and then it was over. Yeah, so it didn't really last. Yeah, all they're long. always kind of short around here, and they are more frequent now. But it, I mean, it's not surprising in a mountain range as old as ours to have yeah. some every once in a while. Yeah. You know, one thing that was really fun that did happen is whenever we all got checked into the uh, the Airbnb that we were staying at. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, we all had like super crazy dreams this first night. Like mm. everybody there had a w- really weird dream. Okay. Mine was that Skank Banger, my 80s hair metal tribute band, had like evolved past being an 80s hair metal tribute band. And we were an 80s hair metal tribute band and also a live professional wrestling act. What? And we like performed in a ring on oh stage. Oh my God, dude, do that now. <laughs> I know, right? What? But the thing is, is like we would wrestle... Like, we'd have a match, you uh-huh. know, where it'd be like Davey versus Ashley right. or whatever. And then we'd play some songs. Right. But in my dream, the act was getting stale because there was only five of us. There's only so Certainly, many match, yeah. com- you know, match combinations. So you got to bring in some other competitors, maybe? That was my idea. I was go. like, we need to start getting in all of our friends to come in as yeah. like scrubs yeah. that we just mercilessly beat down. Or you put four bands on the bill, you all wrestle. <laughs> we fight them. <laughs> That sounds amazing, that sounds though. Pretty cool. An '80s hair metal band wrestling stable. <laughs> that like you, you're playing shows and doing re- like that is Who like. Want to watch that? I mean, it sounds it sounds too good to be true. I'm honestly, that might be the only thing that would stop people from coming. They'd be like, "Oh, that, they're harvesting organs." There's yeah, no absolutely. way yeah. I can go see what if they get out of this. They're getting something else out of this for and sure. some wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was gone so long and doing all that running around and all that stuff, I uh, I didn't get time to watch nary a thing this Dude, week, Steve. Do you watch I anything? I watched a ton of stuff. Yeah. But I'm holding some back because we're recording three episodes in a pretty short amount of time. Right, right. Uh, but I, I had a lot of time. Um, I... Watched The Mandalorian okay. and finished it. Okay, great. Yeah. I've been so excited to hear your thoughts yeah. about Mando. So great. I did love you it. like it? You like love it? Love it. Love it. Love uh, Pedro Pascal. And that means a lot because you're one of those nitpicky Star Wars Oh, yeah. Fans. I'm so nitpicky about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed all the ways it went. Um, uh, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Love it. The most adorable. adorable thing. Did you melt every time he was on screen? Of course. I did. Of course. So cute. I want to see the baby. <laughs> Did you like the I episode? I love Werner Herzog. I know, right? God of damn all it. the people to have. Just that was Werner such Herzog. a good choice. You know, he was the one who insisted that it be a puppet. No way. Yeah. It has to be a puppet. Yeah. Or else I am not acting yeah. in this. That's great. I have no problems with it. I think the show's great. Cool. It was I really fun. It. Are you going to like stick around for a season two? You oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah mm-hmm. man. Yeah, mm-hmm. as long as they keep making them. Yeah, I'll keep watching I'll them. I'll keep watching mm-hmm. them. And I'll even get a pull to them. Hell yeah. That's what I think I'm going to do. We're about to get warm. We're going to get winter warmed here by a K2 Bros Brewing. This was sent in to us by my main man, Jeff, from up there in Rochester, New York. Rochester. Rochester. Thank you so much, Jeff. He sent us a bunch of stuff, and they all sound absolutely mesmerizing. But he said this is kind of one of their their, uh, trademark burrs right here. So I'm looking forward to checking this out. It's not as dark as I thought. That no, it would be. you said it was a Scotch ale, right? It's a Scotch yeah, ale. So yeah, so it's it's, uh, it's it'll be kind of a reddish brown. Yeah, it's yeah. the right color for sure, but not as brown as I had expected. But it's a Scotch ale with a twist, and also a fuck ton of booze in it. It's like nine and a half percent. So I'm glad we're splitting yeah. this pint right here. I do like a Scotch ale. Uh, have you had Old Chub? It's um, I don't know who makes that. 
fuck what is the name of that they're in colorado ah never mind go ahead well this sounds like it's gonna be really oscar awesome. blues sorry oscar. oh yeah. yeah yeah i have had that it's very good it says we started with our popular scotch ale base and bumped the abv to nine and a half percent then we added vanilla beans cinnamon sticks tart cherry juice and maple syrup it truly is winter in a glass. Now, Steve, you just took a sip. I just took like a sip there was and a chemical it blew reaction. my fucking mind. There was a reaction that occurred. This is definitely a winter warmer. <laughs> Honestly. Ooh, it this smells is crazy. The, the first time I may ever say this, and this beer might be better if it were warm. Whoa. Like, <laughs> like if you warmed this That's beer good. up, you might even like it more because it's got like the cidery almost element to it and also like a... I don't know, just like the hot the toddy kind of thing. I yeah. think is making it feel that way. Whoa, and the cherry really yeah. comes through. It does. And it's not like super, super sour wow, either. No. Damn it. That's that really good. That has so much flavor. I would never think that a scotch ale plus cinnamon and cherry would be so perfectly winter. <laughs> Gosh, and the vanilla kind of hits yeah. in the aftertaste. Like the, Honestly, the aftertaste, you kind of get like a cherry pie a la mode yeah. kind of flavor yes. going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Man, Jeff, awesome. thank you so go, much, dude. And all the other ones that you sent, too. I'm oh, really excited Oh, yeah, we're going to try another one here in this little Yeah, th this other one that we got set out here for the show is going to be a real wild card that is going to be like going off the rails on a crazy mm. train. Whew. Well, now that I've wet my whistle, I want to hear about what else you've been checking out this week while I've been gone, Steve. What uh, else you watched? Well, we had the streaming chat on Friday. Yeah, that's right. And uh, um, I'm trying to steer us back to good or bad good. Okay. Yeah. Or good bad. Good Whatever, bad. yeah. Where where it's it's bad, but it's enjoyable, because for a while there, we've been watching movies that were shot on VHS that aren't. They're not movies. Just because you call it, just because it's feature length and it has yeah. something s uh, close to a plot, doesn't mean it fits into the element of a movie. Yeah, you guys have been watching some pretty low rent stuff. Yeah, the Polonia like. brothers have sort of Polonia brothers. Yeah, they've sort of infected the Friday nights. <laughs> That's a virus, and it They're must be stopped. Oh, my God. I mean, mm. so anyway. You've been trying to get it back into yeah, movies that, so that we are actually to, fun trying to, steer to like it back. chat and so have So John Latour with. recommended Ice Cream Man with Clint Howard. Oh, I don't know this movie, but I love a Clint Howard. It's fun bad. Fucking Rughead from The Wraith. Yeah. It, my hero. It is fun bad, I would say. You lose the there. race, you, you lose, lose your, your car. car. Now, how does it stack up to The Wraith? The Wraith is more fun. <laughs> Ice Cream Man does lull from time to time for sure. But what's it uh, trying to do? Make sense it, or something? Yeah, it does. That's exactly <laughs> what it oh, does. That's the, the Wraith never slows down for that. No. Um, it, it had some cool effects and some cool stuff. Like there, there was, there was definitely like value to it. And it, it's not an '80s bad horror movie. It's mid '90s, so it's like one of those direct to video. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and I. I kind of forget about all those movies that came out because like a lot of the movies that came out in the eighties that we think of as classics, like they were like low budget direct to video type of shit too. So like mm -hmm. the nineties has to be, have some of those in there that we just kind of jewels. Yeah. yeah. We just kind of avoided or ignored because never heard of them. Was there any mention of, of David Lee Roth and his ice cream manning <laughs> I abilities? Don't think so. okay. I don't think he ever came up. Uh, after that, we watched Terror Vision, which Seen is that. Yeah. super fun. Okay, so you liked it? Yes. It's a weird movie. Like it's the, weird as shit. The first time that I watched it, I thought I was going to be watching like a horror movie. Yeah. And it's not. It's, it's not. Like a weird... It's more of a like horror comedy, but yeah. more of a sci-fi. It's so weird. It like, is, because it's got like a bit of like a 50s sci-fi mm -hmm. 
kind of vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, but it's very 80s. Very fucking yeah. 80s, man. The thing is that it came out four years before Society, uh-huh. and I'll tell you what, if you watch Terror Vision, then watch Society, Brian Yuzna will suddenly look less creative. You because know, it's like, I thought he came up with all this stuff completely yeah. out of his brain, but so much of it is so similar to Terror Vision. I totally missed that. Yeah. I completely missed the similarities between those two. I want to say I watched them about the same time. Yeah. But I think I think honestly, society is just so fucked up that I didn't really think. Yeah. Like, oh, this is like that thing in that other. Well, movie. I, I don't think you can like you can, certainly can't eliminate how society is still like worth watching and is weird and Very is important weird, yeah. because society I think actually does have a message to it. And when I figure out what I, that is, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but I think it does have like an attempt at a message. Whereas Terror Vision is just like, what if aliens came through your satellite dish? It'd be fucking cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, dude. And then it it, it is. And there's such a wackadoo bunch of characters yeah. in that. There's that the guy who's like the Greek guy who's mm-hmm. like, I am, I like manly men. Yeah, because he wants to have sex with the the, the parents are swingers. Yeah. Well, I mean, like so much of this again, like society, like. Parents are swingers. Like, eventually there's a scene where they're all in a bed and they're all stuck together. Like, that's straight. Society just pulls that off. Like, yeah. And Terror Vision is about, basically about these kids growing up in Beverly Hills and how weird it is. And that is exactly what Brian Yesna said society is about. Growing up in Beverly Hills and how weird it is. So, uh, maybe, you know, watching Terror Vision, he was like, I like that idea, but... Let's twist it a little bit, and and I would say Society's a better movie. So it's it's not it's not like he was ripping it off entirely. He was taking something. It's like if you see somebody's made like a clay bust but didn't finish it, and then you come along and finish it, and then somebody's like, "I did that." Like, no, 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 you <laughs> well, started it. You finished it. I like. There are people involved. Yeah. We're like everyone, let's just all admit it's a there's a process. Yeah. Right on, man. In fact, speaking of process, this movie, we're going to talk a lot about process. Yeah, the more we're no talking doubt. About Quite a process there. I, I did just want to mention one other thing I started watching this okay. week because I recommend it to any uh, pro wrestling fans. Up, up, down, down. It is the... Um, Start of the Konami Code. Uh-huh. It yeah. is the beginning of the Konami Code. It's a YouTube channel... Uh, it's Xavier Woods from the New Day, uh, long-term tag team champions in WWE. Okay, yeah. Kofi Kingston, part of the New Day, former yeah. champion. Um, it's just them, like it's just well, it's mostly just Xavier Woods and different wrestlers hanging out, playing video games, and all just acting like themselves. Okay, and it's great. So fun. That sounds all like, right. It's a lot of fun to see all these people, like, cause like, and they're like out of character. They're yeah, way normal. out of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just being themselves. It's so fun because, like, you know, as an adult who I I really do love pro wrestling, but I don't watch it because it is aimed at children. It's aimed at it's aimed at people who are real interested in these simple story plots and stuff. I like the action. I watch matches, but I just can't watch all the drama. Sure. I just don't care about it. Uh, but what I do care about is the people themselves, because I actually like them. I'm like, oh, that, that guy seems to have like a lot of personality on the mics. So you find out that people like Seth Rollins are interesting, or like uh, 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 Bailey is as as bubbly as she acts when she's being her persona like yeah, she's yeah. actually just that way like all the new day guys seem to be just nerds <laughs> like these it's just like new day is so like one of my favorite things because it's these guys who are super buff really good at wrestling but also love spongebob and dragon ball z they're just fucking <laughs> and dorks. they're just fucking dorks yeah wow so yeah watching that has been really fun 
Right on, man. I'll have to give that a scope out. Yeah, I've got myself a little bit extra free time to, yeah. to watch some shit Check this week, you know. Uh, so maybe I'll go ahead and scope some of that out. Because I don't think that uh, my wife would be too too into that subject matter. No, she's matter. probably not interested. Yeah, in let's that. watch wrestlers play video games. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> when you say it that way, it does sound ridiculous. It does cheapen it a bit, yes. doesn't it? You know. <laughs> See, I'll have to scope some of that stuff out. Yeah, this week I'm just basically getting ready for my... My next adventure, yeah, which is uh, taking Andy Wood Trio and Skankbanger out playing Shiprocked, mm-hmm. which we'll leave for that like at the end of this month, yeah. Which actually we leave for we're flying out of Nashville. We leave like two hours after Kate gets home, okay, from Thailand. That so you're not gonna see her, no. So just batching it up, yeah, totally batching, man, for a couple weeks straight. Wow, it's a wild lifestyle, man. Uh, are are you like a 1950s husband? Uh, Either eating just bread or eating all of your meals out. And does one night alone without your wife make you think about getting a prostitute? Yes. Okay. Isn't that weird? Overall, (laughs) yes. That was like a 1950s mentality where it's like, if my wife is away, like, what else am I supposed to do? I'll go out for a, a a chicken dinner. I'll go out for a chicken dinner. <laughs> Is that in Pet Cemetery? Yes. He I'll probably go, went out for a chicken dinner I'll like go men for do. A chicken dinner and then get a <laughs> prostitute and then. What is with the mom in that fucking movie? I don't know. But there's something about the mom in Pet Cemetery that has infected me because I was with I was with my mother-in-law like a week or two ago and I was like, oh, we mustn't shilly shally, <laughs> and she's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I don't even know. It's in Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. We mustn't. (laughs) Speaking of which, want to go out for a chicken dinner later? Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's what men have. That's what we have. Chicken dinners. (laughs) Like, uh, like, why not choose a steak? That's a more like manly, manly traditionally manly meal. Chicken. Like he's watching his figure. Well, they're they're in like Maine or something though. Oh yeah. Maybe that's like a Maine. No steak up there. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Probably going out for a lobster dinner. Uh, that would have made more sense, made actually. More Why sense. didn't they use that? I don't know. <sighs> anyway. Pet Cemetery is not as good as you remember. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Guys. Guys. <laughs> eh. Hey, oh, I mean, speaking of movies that aren't as good as you remember. <clears throat> Feast. <clears throat> the subject of today's show yeah. is Feast. Remember? remember? I'm, listen, I'm not going to bury the lead, y'all. Yeah, let's not. We didn't really like this movie. No. And the thing I will say about this we have good things to say. We have. We do we have, have good, good things, things to, to say. say. We, I, in fact, have a lot to say about this, and not all of it is, not all of it is any, even about like the motion picture itself, but about the production because this was the result of Project Greenlight season three. Yeah. So I watched that. I didn't watch it when it came on, but I, I watched it leading up to this. So I have seen what happened behind production, and also I have a lot to say about that i what i will say about this movie is at first i was like why would anybody want us to cover this and then turns out a ton of our listeners a lot of people really like this movie. yeah a lot of people really like this flick Which, and, and i can understand why yeah. to an extent sure uh the thing that that did to me was it drove me to try to understand this so i actually yeah, ended up too. obsessing about this I mean, movie more than I've done in a long time. Well, our, our fans' tastes, you know, like on the Facebook group and stuff like that, yeah. typically line up with ours pretty well. Yeah, typically. You know, I mean, there's always, of course, there's always differences of opinion and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. But like, generally speaking, mm-hmm. 
I think we all pretty much agree on the stuff that's just not very yeah. good. Now, I did hear from some people that they like it because it's so bad it's good. I don't think that and it's I, so bad that I, it's good, I don't though. think it reaches that level. I don't think it's yeah. self-aware enough to reach that level. No. But also, some people who just genuinely love it. And I wonder if that has to do with maybe seeing it as a younger person. You know, like, the fact is that this would have been a movie I might have enjoyed as a, a younger man. Well, I'll put if this I out there too. It. Like, I can see this being very much the same as, like, let's say, let's say Tusk, for example. Yeah. Where, uh, and you and you listen to our Tusk episode right. a while back to find out more about that. But you know, with that movie, it was all based on a podcast that Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier did, right. an old Smodcast episode. And I, at that time, was like listening to that show on mm-hmm. the weekly. So it's like I was there for the conception of this yeah. movie. You got to go through the development. Yeah, exactly. So you want to see the final result. The final result. That's yeah. the thing about it, right? Is yeah. like Tusk on its own as just a movie, if you don't know the backstory, if you never listened to the podcast, if you weren't there at Ground Zero, doesn't necessarily stand out yeah. on its own or stand up on its yeah. own. But for me, being there for the whole process and then being Makes there for you like... See it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's because like I was a fan. The fans voted that he do it. He did yeah. a whole podcast series about making yeah. the movie and shit too. Like the movie wasn't even the point. No, it, it, it's totally it was about example. everybody being involved in the process and getting to see yes. the final result. It's the perfect example of it's not the destination; it's the journey. Right. So maybe if you know, maybe if we watch this show, this Project Greenlight show, <laughs> while it was on, let me tell you, man. Oh my lord of mercy! That then, is then not maybe, the case. Well, maybe we would have enjoyed this more, just seeing no. that it was the destination. I, I'll you know? tell you this right now. Uh, I, in fact, I asked Jason Codera who uh, suggested this, if he watched that, and he. he he had not seen it. He he just oh, saw the movie. Just saw it dry, like me. Um, okay. I watched season three of Project Greenlight, and I'll have a lot more to say about it after we step into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Nailed it. <laughs> I've been working on it. I've so been practicing. Got a little we're gonna goofy do another edition of Watch This Not That. Yeah, because this is one of those <laughs> flicks that man, there's a lot of talent involved in this yeah, movie. There's a lot of great actors and stuff, but there's better movies that you guys could sure, watch them in. Definitely. So this seems like a perfect time for another installment of yeah. that ever popular, ever present series. And you know, this is this is gonna be us talking about the cast of the movie a bit. Yeah. Uh usually we do kind of like non-relevant stuff during the preview palace, but this is pretty relevant to the yeah. movie discussion. Because there are some great actors and stuff that got wrapped up in this flick, yeah. including our man Balthazar. <laughs> right, Balthazar Getty, who is the descendant of the Getty, you know, Getty oh. Museum. Oh, I Getty thought you meant the you Balthazar. <laughs> he's also the Balthazar. Got it. Um, he's in a ton of stuff. If is you he look a descendant at- of Getty images, like that Getty? Yeah. He's a descendant of the one of the richest men in America at a certain point. Yeah. Are you actually serious? Yeah. Is that related to Getty images? Uh, I assume. I mean, really? yeah. Uh, it's like anytime you like Google like sunflower, right. it'll pop up Getty images. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yep. I didn't know that. Also, if you go to the Getty Museum, they don't let you take pictures of anything. And guess what? I I just called. I, I just got to call this on bullshit. Like, get them. If you're not using a flash, there's no problem. You're not. All they're the doing enemy. is trying no. to protect what they think is their intellectual property. You don't have intellectual property when your intellectual property is other people's intellectual property, and it's yeah. 400 years old. You yeah. don't own it. No. It is just currently in your possession. A flash will degrade. A flash will degrade. Paintings and stuff. Yes, like that. but if yeah. you're just taking pictures with your phone, they're all well lit. The flash won't come on. Yeah. Anyway, solid point. My my wife got kicked out for 
take a picture. <laughs> she was like, fuck you. I'm going to take a picture. Well, fuck you then. Yeah, yeah so Balthazar is a guy that's been in a good movie. He's been in a ton what, of stuff. What would you yeah. recommend that people watch him in instead of Feast? Um, well, he's he's in Charmed, which is is always fun. But uh, Everybody in this movie is in fucking Yeah, Charmed everybody in this movie point. is in Charmed or Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Um, but I would say Lost Highway. He's in Lost Highway. That's a David Lynch joint. It's a David it? Lynch joint. It's I've not, never it's seen not like a, a big role. If you want to go way back, you can watch him probably in... Uh, like Lord of the Rings, the ninety Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, sorry. Uh but Lost Highway is it's David Lynch. Is it good? Is it all weird and it's weird, up yeah. I was gonna say it's it's uh, good is relative with David Lynch. It's it's weird. It's very yeah. weird. Do you think we could ever do like Mulholland Drive on the show? I would show? love to do Mulholland Drive. Because to me, that movie's scary as shit. It is. I, oh, yeah. People count it as a horror movie. When those little people walk out from under that door. Yeah. What the fuck is terrifying? And when Billy Ray Cyrus shows up. There's the weird mud man. Uh-huh. And then Billy Ray Cyrus is also there. Yeah. That's, and the mud That man. seriously was the first time That's I saw That's the weirdest thing. That was the I was like, why the fuck is Billy Ray Cyrus in this movie? What's and then I realized, here? oh, that's why Billy Ray Cyrus is in this movie. Yeah. Because David Lynch was like, people will never expect a David Lynch movie to have Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> in it. The man's a genius. He is. Yeah, that's that's probably a good call. Because he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't get to do too much in this flick. No, I'm sure he really he's a little doesn't, bit more which is crazy. David Lynch. Bozo is the character he plays. He, like, he's he just kind of sucks. Main characters, but mostly just spends his time sucking and not really doing much. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. Dropping that hard F at the very front yeah, of the movie, too. Yeah, that wasn't fun. I mean, considering this movie came out, what, 2006? Five. 2005? Oh, uh, okay. That, okay. The, let's talk about that real quick. It actually premiered at the Chicago International Film Fest in 2005 and then wasn't released to theaters until almost a year later. Ooh. That's never a good sign. That's not a great sign for a movie, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but we also got a Henry Rollins in here. Yes, we do have Henry Rollins, and uh, Henry Rollins, is he's been active for a while. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Obviously, the main thing we'd say, watch this, not that, is just listen to Black Flag, Maybe you just listen to some good (laughs) old-fashioned hardcore. Yeah. (laughs) Jameson Black Flag. That seems like a pretty Uh, damn good idea to me. But he is in a horror movie that I have not watched, but I've heard great things had a lot of recommendations on, in fact, the the Facebook group. Uh, he never died. I've never seen that either. No, uh, I I haven't watched it. I've thought about watching it a million times. He's the star of it, and it's a well-regarded horror movie. So check it out. Right on. Let me know. Maybe maybe we should watch Feast instead of that. Who knows? Maybe it could be that. Mm-hmm. Do you like the Rollins solo stuff, or do you like Black Flag better? I like Black Flag yeah, better. Of course, yeah. you do. of course, yeah. you like things that are nice. Yeah. I also like. Nice oh, of course, things. my favorite Rollins is Rollins on the uh, on that Tool song. <laughs> oh yeah, right. right. <laughs> what about Dwayne Whitaker that's in this movie that plays the, oh, the right. boss man? Yeah, he's in Pulp Fiction, which is well, obviously the watch. better movie. Yeah, clearly, yeah. He's in a lot of stuff though. Like you could look through his IMDb and probably find a number of things. But if Pulp Fiction's there, like that's obviously the best movie he's in. Right? Absolutely, yeah, or, yeah. I mean, there's some others he could have been in that would be better, but... He's the I guy in Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. that runs the pawn shop with Zed. Yeah. yeah. He's also... Cornhole in that feller. Right. He's also in a lot of Rob Zombie movies. Oh, yeah. He's, he's in, in like, uh, Halloween 2, yeah. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, th- and uh, Three from Hell, I saw him. Yeah, he's, he's in, in that, that as so. well. So, yeah, he, he's in other horror movies, but Pulp Fiction. Yeah, come on. Fucking, it's Pulp Fiction. I think Pulp Fiction really might be my favorite movie ever. Uh, it's not... That's not something i would debate like it's not it it's not my favorite movie but it's up there like yeah i, I might is it my favorite quentin tarantino movie i mean that would be obvious for you right yeah absolutely so definitely my favorite one i mean dude just the soundtrack 
yeah, weird so timeline, yeah. the humor, everything about well, it. Was and, perfect and, to me. and because it was uh, like I shot Mob in the face, right? Like, because I had seen Reservoir Dogs before Pulp yeah. Fiction, so like some of the things were kind of expected, you know, the slight shifts in timelines and stuff. But a lot about Pulp Fiction was so unexpected at the time that. I don't know that any of his movies have hit that same level of where did this come from? No kidding, yeah. man. Have you seen um, his newest one yet? No, Once, Once Upon a Time, time in Hollywood. Hollywood. I have not. I still haven't either, man. I need to check it out. Now, this also features a Jason Mewes. We were uh-huh, just talking about Kevin Smith a second ago. Playing himself. Just He's playing Jason Mewes. Just Muse. Jason Mewes. But he's also not really Jason Mewes in But this he acts all. in no way like Jason Mewes. No, yeah. He even has like, black hair. Yeah. I don't know why you bring why? in Jason Mewes say on screen specifically this is jason muse yeah and then he acts nothing like the guy that like you would bring him in because you would expect the kevin smith fans to be like oh we'll watch this movie with jason muse in it and i know he's not jay he's not literally jay but he's but also he, not far off but that. he is literally jay i mean yeah. that's that's why kevin smith put him in the movie he didn't yeah. script him yeah that is just jay jay Jason Mewes was a guy that he knew yeah. in real life that acted this way. Yeah. So the character of Jay basically is Jason Mewes. All the crazy shit he says that he comes up with on his own, own is on. Like yeah. uh, snoochie boochies and all that all shit. That like shit. all yeah. that stuff is just him. So you bring in Jason Mewes and then you actively tell him not to act like himself. What the fuck? But then Why? like call out that it's Jason Mewes. Like, look who we got. He's not going to act like you want him to. And he contributes jack shit to the nothing. story, too. Just nothing. Just gets his face cut off. All that he did is put a few Kevin Smith fans' asses in seats. Yeah. That was why they got Jason yeah. Mewes, and that's that's it. Well, that's why they got everybody in this. Yeah, but I Jason Mewes, right. I mean, uh, I, we're going with Kevin Smith movies, so what's your favorite of Kevin course, Smith obviously. movie he's in? Man, it's hard to beat Clerks. I know I know. Yeah. it's just the typical answer, but it's really hard to beat Clerks. But, you know, honestly... Clerks is one of those ones that I do absolutely adore. Yeah. And it was a game changer for cinema and independent film and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But if I'm just going to like on my own pop one in and watch it just for enjoyment, I fucking love Strike Back. Jan's not about Strike I think, Back. I think you're right. I think that's the best one to watch for him too because that's the one where he's more central. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. the other ones, he's never the main character or anything. But I mean, especially Back, considering Silent Bob hardly talks yeah like he's the main character in that movie yeah yeah i love strike back what about yeah. you? you got a favorite smith uh, i would i would say that's best for jason muse favorite kevin smith movie Oof. that would be a tough one i uh, love all rats too i do those early ones are really fun like i'm glad jason i'm glad he's great. getting to do just whatever he wants to now but like i yeah it's it's hard to beat just what clerks meant to me when it came out no doubt as i said when we did Tusk, like Clerks was the first time I realized like, oh, movies are just people with a camera. Like, I I don't know. Like when you're a kid, you think like they're people who are in movies are special somehow. Like you have to go to some special school to be in a movie. <laughs> but no, you just make a movie. Like you take a camera yeah. and you point it at things and then you say stuff and then boom. Do what you're already doing. Just film it instead. Yeah. Uh, it, it was revolutionary to me at the time, so I always will have that nostalgia. For no clerks. doubt, yeah. man. No doubt. Yeah, that's a great one. We got another funny boy in this. We got a Judah, <laughs> Judah Friedlander, Friedlander yeah. here. 
He's, uh, I mean, 30 Rock is obviously the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's that, the one you want to watch. Yeah. I mean, because he's We've sung his praises a million right. times on the show. We he's, don't need to tell you we like it. And he's in like 130 episodes. So you're going to get Plenty. a whole lot of Judah Friedlander. He's in a ton of stuff, though. Oh, yeah. Um, mostly playing himself, usually. Seems that way. Yeah, yeah. he's one of those guys. It's like he's on screen and it's, yeah. just, it's just him. Yeah, you just want. And, and that's what he does in this, pretty much. He plays the same sort of character. So. Uh, I'd say though, Thirty Rock. If you if you want your Judah Friedlander fix, yeah, I think so too. We've also got a little bit of a horror alumni here. We got a Clue Gulliger, Gugliger, mm-hmm. Galager, or Guliger. Guliger. Guliger is the correct so. pronunciation according to the director of this. His son, which is his fucking kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Clue is in a ton of shit. He's in. Yeah. Uh, he's in so many horror movies, but we narrowed it down to our two favorite. I'd say Return of the Living Dead for me. Return or, of the Living Dead is yeah. just fucking fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He's a star. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Burt in yeah. that. Yeah. It's either that or Elm Street Two. Yeah. You know, which we were talking about on the last. And those episode, came out actually. the same year. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. Holy shit! That yeah. was just like his he was year in to two shine. Of his biggest titles. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't think about that. Those did come out the same mm-hmm. year. Yeah, a Return is just. Yeah, it's an awesome. I mean, do you want a party? What do you think? <laughs> Hell yeah, I do. Man. Yeah, that's a gem right there. Oh, God damn, that's a great movie. Now, we've also got ourselves a rap superstar in this. Tretch. I had no fucking idea <laughs> until you pointed out like 10 minutes before we started recording who the the black uh, military veteran in this mm-hmm. is. I had no clue. Yeah. Tretch is of Naughty by Nature, rapper. He's married, or was uh, in a relationship with Peppa. I don't know if they're still together. From Salt and Peppa? Uh, yeah. He's in one of their Did video- you mean Peppa Pig? <laughs> he wasn't. He's in a relationship with Peppa, but he's also got a side thing going with Peppa Pig. Wow, that's yeah. freaky. Well, you know, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's Naughty in, by nature. Yeah, he's in um, one of the Salt and Peppa videos, like, with the sickest abs. And he's wearing, like, a chain with, like, a master lock. Looking all ripped and shit. Yeah. Watch that. Maybe just watch that yeah. video instead. Okay. That sounds like a pretty or good Or watch any Naughty by Nature It's at least video. shorter. You know? He's in a ton of stuff, though, actually. And I looked through, and there there were things in there that are worth watching. But honestly, I know Tretch from Naughty by Nature. But, like, dude, the thing is, is I'm watching him in this, and I'm like, who is this 21-year-old actor in this movie? No, yeah. He's not 20. How is, how is he in Naughty by Nature? He's got to be here in like his late 30s, I would imagine, right? I would think older than that, dude. Yeah. I mean, Naughty's not recent Yeah, no, history. they were late, late 80s, early 90s, and then gone. Dude, he's got to be in his fucking mid-40s in this. Yeah. He looks great. He looks fantastic, yeah, man. Yeah, takes care of himself. Damn it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Being white's hard, Steve. We I, age badly. Well, we age really yeah, badly. Yeah, we don't have enough melanin to keep our skin healthy. Yo, I'll tell you this, though. Random aside. Mm-hmm. I had the weirdest thing happen at NAMM this year. Yeah. I had multiple people come up to me and be like, hey, dude, you've lost a ton of weight. And I'm like, what? Like, the first person that said it to me. You, did you think they were talking about me? I don't know what the fucking deal was. That's what I was assuming when you texted me. I was like, they must have, like, did they mix up? Because people do mix us up. But it was people that, like, <laughs> know me from playing music. Like, the first one that said crazy. it was somebody that was at our Elements of Show, uh, or sorry, Elements of Sound Show last year. Huh. And they're like, you played with Andy last year too, right? And I was like, yeah. And this chick was like, boy, you've lost a ton of weight. I was thinking she had to have me confused with somebody else. And then, dude, I started even having, like, friends of mine from other bands dude, that I just haven't seen for years. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then you've never had any weight. 
I have some weight. <laughs> I mean, I know that I know factually that they are incorrect. Yeah. Like, I have gained weight since last year. Okay. I don't know what the deal was, but a, another really weird thing that happened was too, and I can, can I can say that this is continuing to happen mm-hmm. as you've not mentioned it. Uh, last day of the show that I went to on Saturday that morning, I took myself a shower. I was getting all cleaned up. Stood a little cl- too close to that razor. Cut off that goatee. Oh shit! Not one person's noticed. Holy Nobody hell. has noticed. Yeah. I get, well, you got the shadow there, and that basically just does the trick, huh? To me, like, a goatee is the only way that my chin has a shape. Only the way that my face huh. has a shape. Because I got, like, a... I've got a baker potato grafted to my face gotcha. for a chin. <laughs> so, to me, like, a little pointed goatee How I is the only notice. way I give my shape, uh, my face a shape. So, to well, me, that's, it's integral. That, okay, so then we've talked before about when people shave off their beards and their kids are like, who the fuck yeah, is who this? who the fuck are you? I mean, kids are dumb. But is it really just the <laughs> is it really just the hair on the cheeks that does it? I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But I mean, again, you didn't notice, right? I didn't. I had no idea until you just pointed it out. Here That's it is, man. Crazy. It's really. I mean, I've done this before, and Kate hasn't noticed for like two weeks. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's really strange. Wow. To me. Really, really strange. <laughs> okay, we got one more here. We want to mention. We've got Tyler James. Oh yeah, the kid he this. plays the, the kid. kid. He gets killed. Uh, he's in Red Dragon, though. I like a Red Dragon, Red Dragon man. is, yes, worth a watch. Also, usually a great sushi roll to order at any sushi establishment. True, true. Usually like a Red Dragon I'll have roll. that. If it's got dragon in it, I generally want it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I That's love the taste stuff. of dragon. I know that it's it's cruel the way they farm them. What do they but got? It's worth it. Aren't they normal when they say dragon? They're going for spicy, right? Like that's what they're hinting you know, at. The first place that I had a red dragon roll was at Tomo, mm-hmm. and it's it's got like a it's like I think a California roll in the middle, topped with, or no, it's like a crunchy shrimp roll in the mm-hmm. middle. That's what it is, topped with uh, tuna and yeah. unagi sauce. Oh, okay. So, so not it's not spicy. spicy at all. No, yeah, love that unagi sauce though. I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that. So I don't know exactly what they're going for. But I think they're going for straight up fucking delicious. Yeah, straight up fucking delicious. <laughs> yeah. And they nail it. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can watch instead of Feast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just doesn't really do it for me. The first time that I watched it, I wasn't really in the mood to watch a movie. This is like pre-NAM. Right. I had so much shit to do. I was yeah. not really in the mood for it. And uh, I think that that did kind of soil my watching experience of this. But I watched it again today, and I'll tell you, I did like it better the second time. Okay, still not great, but I liked it better. I had a similar experience, but I I wasn't I was in the mood to watch a movie. Uh, I got 15 minutes into this movie and realized it wasn't this movie I was in the mood to watch. Well, cause 15 but then minutes I finished in, it. No, 15 minutes in, you were like, I've been watching this for an hour, right? Yep. And then nope, 15 minutes. I don't know who any of these characters are, despite the fact that they keep telling me who they are and then subverting that fucking like, I have so much to say, but let's not get too deep into that before we set this up, because I don't want to talk shit about this movie until we've set up the way it came to I be. I want to know because about this. Yeah, because there's, there's like nothing really about it yeah, on the IMDb page. I know. And on the Wikipedia, nothing. It's No. Which is crazy for a show that, like, a reality. It's making was televised, dude. Yeah, it was like, televised, There should be yeah. tons of information on this thing. You would think. But after, after you watched the movie, you got inspired enough to watch the entire season of the yeah, show. Yeah, because I right? thought, like you did, that it must have been that people watched the, the show and then they just wanted to see the result. Surely. That cannot be the case. Why? And let me tell you why. I'm going to be quoting a good bit here. Quoth. 
the Steven. I'll tell you this. Forevermore. Really, what you need to know going into the movie all comes out in the first episode. And uh, the thing is that uh, the idea behind Project Greenlight was that they posted like all of these uh, submissions that they got from writers and all these submissions they got from directors and then people voted and then they took the top 10 screenplays and the top 10 directors and they decided like which screenplay they were going to do and which uh, director was going to direct it. Okay, all right. That sounds cool. Previous seasons had uh, the goal, basically, of just making a good movie for a low budget. Are there any noteworthy examples of movies that came out of the first two seasons? Uh, well, they didn't do well. The Battle of Shaker Heights. Have you heard of that? Nope. Okay. Well, that, that one, it had Shia LaBeouf in it. Uh, the first one had a few names in it, but they, they were made for about a million dollars. Okay, so pretty yeah. low budget. Yeah. So going in, we're look, they're looking for low budget. So they talked about a few of the different titles. Two of them look like they would have made good movies. Like a movie you'd be like, oh, that's a good movie. Were they horror movies? They were not. Okay. That's what I was wondering. He's like, yeah. is this whole thing horror based? Okay. Well, here's, here's the interesting thing is they go through two rounds of the producers talking and debating for them to finally drop the bomb. Uh, yeah, well, Dimension says we're doing Feast. Because Dimension's funding it. And okay. Dimension so this wasn't up for debate anyway. So, and Dimension says they want to make money back on it. So horror movies more likely to make money back. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that hadn't been, in the previous two seasons, hadn't been the goal at all. They were not ma- trying to make money off of the movie they were making. They were trying to show, like, they thought it would be an interesting show the process type of reality show and it kind of was but it never really had major ratings and this season really tanked for bravo oh uh because bravo's reality stuff was apparently way more interesting than this to be. <laughs> <laughs> um so y- you get the sense then at that exact moment and, and this like when I was watching it, this was the moment I was like, right, this is a reality show. This is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's yeah. all bullshit. I forgot I'm watching a reality. I thought for a second. It was actually about the making of the movie. It was actually about the making of the movie. No, it's about. And then I realized, wait a minute. Dimension's not funding this. The. The reality show is being funded by Bravo and the production company. The reality show is being paid for by Bravo. So the budget of the movie is coming in from Bravo to Dimension. Dimension, it's a zero-sum game for Dimension. Yeah, no doubt. So what... Okay. So they want to make some money off of it. Well, all you got to do at this point is make anything. Like Seems you, that way. You're yeah. even. Yeah. The adult, you made a dollar, you've made money. So they they debate back and forth on budgetary things, but what really comes out is Dimension says they're going to make Feast. So here are some of the quotes from the debates about making Feast. And seriously, when you hear these, you can't possibly think that a movie 
should come of this conversation. Good Lord. Yeah, because this is all like backed by Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. And they brought in Wes Craven. Because it was horror. It's like, oh, it was get Wes Craven doing it. Well, that was the thing is they brought him in before they even said it was horror. So it was obvious what they were uh, doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, they all were right. like, oh, uh, we want to do genre fiction this time. So we brought in the master of genre fiction. It's like, he's the master of <laughs> horror. On, guys. Yeah. What a genre fiction other than <laughs> horror is he involved in? So... <clears throat> This is from Ben Affleck. Okay. From Batman. From Batman himself. Feast is just one of those things where you read it and you think, is this interesting and innovative and creative and unusual? Or is it just dog shit? Oh, God. Hmm. Whoa. Well, it sounds like he was definitely on board with making a great, successful film. Yes. He cared. Wow. Okay. So. Surely somebody else had some good things to say. Um... Wes Craven. <laughs> I frankly didn't think it was that good of a script. <laughs> right, well, I mean, maybe okay. he meant something else. I maybe, mean, maybe, maybe he, he said, you know, I didn't oh, think it was yeah. that good of a script. The yeah. movie was awesome. Maybe that's what he meant to say. Yeah. Well, you know, and and some of the other, uh, another producer asked the main producer. Um, it, so it's not purely about may the best script win. And the main producer said, it's definitely not that. Let me say that unequivocally. What? Mm-hmm. Then what's the point of the fucking show? Right. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Fake West reality Cra- TV drama. That's Wes Craven. This should be on. This should have been on the poster. I don't see people going to see Feast. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Then why did they make it? Why did this win? Let me continue. <laughs> Good God, man. The writers were asked, "What is your inspiration for this?" Evil Dead Two. They said. They didn't mention Tremors or From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, which are yeah, obvious no inspirations. Clear inspirations. Yeah. Uh, ben Affleck says this. Evil Dead 2 is funny and campy. Your script's not that funny and campy. No, it's not. Nope. <laughs> this sounds like this should have lost. Okay. Here we go. Matt Damon. Here's a question Matt for you. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Wes. Do you want to be a producer? Wes. Associated with it? I mean, that is a problem. I certainly oh. would probably have to work a lot harder to make it something I could stomach. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Okay, so the producers uh, hated this movie they were producing. And Great start. Matt Damon <laughs> yells this at one point to the main producer. You're sitting two seats away from the master of horror who's telling you it sucks. <laughs> okay, so what the starting fuck? at that foundation... How could this be a good movie? Well, when the producers have zero faith Mm -hmm. in what they're doing and don't want to do it. Yeah. So here's the other problem. Uh, Don't know anything uh, uh, much about the script. Okay, so the guys who wrote the script, Marcus Dunstan and Patrick Melton, they've written a lot more stuff. They've written four Saw movies. Wow. Uh, uh, The good ones, I assume. No. The bad ones. (laughs) They wrote the middle ones, but whatever. I mean, they... The thing is, they obviously understood Saw. Yeah. So those movies are exactly what Saw fans wanted. And they made money. So they know what they're doing. Um, so I have to assume... Uh, also, uh, Mark Stunson and Patrick Melton did The Collector and, and those series. Some people really love those movies. I haven't watched I've The Collector. Uh, and they also wrote pa- uh, Piranha 3 Double D, which was also Ugh. directed by John Gulliger. Not um, very good. Not very good. Anyway, they're... they're they're sh- they've shown that they know horror and that they know a certain segment of the horror audience at the very least. Like they're people, com- they're competent. They're at competent. Least. Yes. Yeah. 
So I have to assume that the script could have been okay. Though Wes Craven did say that 20 characters were introduced with speaking lines within the first 20 pages of the Holy script. Holy shit. And for those of you guys who don't know, usually a, a page of script is about a minute. About a minute. Time. So you're saying in the first 20 minutes, I'll you're be still introducing to 20 characters. characters. Well, in this movie, Jesus. they still have 15. God, so that not even that many got cut. Not even that many got cut. Why? Why do you why? need that many okay, fucking why? characters? Yes. Okay. Why? This is the. This is okay. I think I am almost positive this entire season was set up. To, because if when you watch the season, they choose John Gulliger, and then the entire season is them basically making fun of him and showing him as incompetent. And they were just trying to make a, a quote entertaining reality TV show. Like, they weren't trying to make a movie. It's almost like the producers. Yes, they they were like, oh, a bomb as a reality show would be more interesting to watch than a success. Yeah, I mean because the like success if, has very little behind the scenes drama. If they would have had Tommy Wiseau on this show, it would have been the highest rated yeah. season in TV history. Why didn't they do that? Right? <laughs> yeah, cuz ulti- ultimately like a movie production where people get along well and it's very great and the end product is fantastic. Why would you want to watch the behind this? In fact, if you that's the Unless thing. Unless it's Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> I want to watch all that. Yeah. But that's the thing is every time you watch behind the scenes, yeah, of course it's edited by them they don't want it to look like everybody was hating each other but this is edited to make everybody look like they're mad at the director all the time or at each other and everybody's always acting out. like people are acting unprofessional and the like these are the people that actually do this job so you're putting yourself on television acting unprofessional but you still need a job to, like this, I was gonna say after this you're still gonna need you to get hired for other yeah you're things, still gonna right? like the casting director obviously cast well, but if, if the drama they added to her was real, I don't know how many directors would want to work with her because she really talks down to and like manipulates John Gulliger like a lot, Ugh. and it's it's hard. To, and then she like manipulates the producers too, and it's it's so overt that there's no way they just wouldn't be noticing it. Like mm-hmm. it's very clearly playing up drama. They also have this part where uh, everybody suddenly has the problem with the script supervisor. And then one of the producers like throws a peanut at somebody else, but it's obviously he's throwing it at the script supervisor. And then she gets mad and then he acts like a dick to her. And then the next scene, there's a, a, a continuity error which is script supervisor's job. So he then starts yelling at her because she wasn't script supervising. And I just thought like, if I were the director, I'd fire both of you. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing on my set? Like, I don't understand. I don't get like, and this is the fucking conversation they'd get from me. I don't get how you are yelling at her because you threw a peanut at her. And I don't get why you're being an asshole. Because <laughs> that makes also good. you did fuck up. That's a continent. It's your one fucking job. Right, right. Well, because that makes for good reality fucking television. Yeah, guess, but right? which is not real. Yeah, I would. I, I bet they like because like they do constantly sort of like make these sort of drops. Like John Gilliger really needs to take charge. And I think what they mean is they wanted a guy who was more like vocal so they could make him seem like more of a tyrant. But then when that didn't work, they were like, okay, we'll make him seem like an idiot. Because 
they do constantly. Like it's that just sucks for him, man. Yeah, especially on like national TV. <sighs> yes, this whole show is being produced it's to make you look like an idiot. Yes, it is absolutely embarrassing. That sucks. So, about the budget, they they knew looking at the script, this is going to cost about twelve million dollars, and Dimension said two. That's a so Dimension's insisting decrease. they make this movie and insisting they make it for not enough money to actually make the movie. Good start. Uh, I mean, it again makes them look at, like all of this. I understand no matter how incompetent they look, they'll fail upwards constantly because that's just how it works. But like if you were Dimension, everybody's seeing this clusterfuck you have. Like you would want to be able to say at the end, yeah, we still made our money back. But they've not like come out and said like, Oh yeah, no, we made tons of money off that. Mm-hmm. So you just look like you're bad at business. Mm. For a reality show? Why? Yeah. It's so dumb. And then like the thing is, it had terrible ratings. It nobody watched it. So well, they spent that's the thing about it, man. <laughs> they it's spent like, all this time going out of their way to ruin their own movie for nothing. Because there was no risk involved. There's no risk involved, yeah. Because obviously they're getting paid by Bravo to be there. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter if the final product fails. Yeah, they because you're not the losing show. anything. And then actually they did. The, I mean, in the theater, this bombed. It was like $658,000. Oh, God. But they, it was Wolf. a very limited release. They wanted it to bomb. I don't even remember hearing about this. Yeah, I've, I'd ne- I never knew about this movie at all until we drew it the other day. Yeah, same. Uh, but it did end up making $4.6 million in home uh, release and it's probably so, just people that watch the show yes streaming or something and like, oh, let's get, watch this didn't now. get a chance to go see it because it was only limited to release they didn't get a chance to see it anywhere nearby so they they bought the dvd which almost seems like it may have been the plot and well, that's plan. the thing man is like this this movie isn't available for rent or stream no. anywhere you have to buy but it. dimension has deals with all sorts of streaming services so it could be streaming they're holding it back yeah absolutely so because the thing is is they know that Probably the reason you're watching this movie is because you watched that season of, of Project Greenlight. Yeah. And so if you watch that whole season, well, are you telling me you're not going to watch the movie that got made at the end of it? Right. Of course you are. Of course. And if you're that invested in it, are you going to pay two bucks to rent it or ten bucks to buy it? Of course you're going to pay ten bucks yeah. to buy it. <laughs> yeah, might as You're well. that invested. I mean, honestly, it's like doing a reality TV show uh, season about the making of this movie it's some of the most genius fucking advertising you can get. Yes. You know? I I mean, I can see a way that you could do this showing the behind the scenes and just showing how it actually works and then editing it together in an interesting way. And it uh, nobody has to be degraded. Nobody has to be unprofessional. N- none of that. Maybe you could even get a good movie out of it. Maybe you could get a good movie but out of it. wouldn't that be dull? Oh, who would want to see that bullshit? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe everybody that watched the special edition, uh, special features of Lord of the Rings. Right. Right. So, um, all right. So John Gulliger, I want to talk about this though, because they made him seem like such an idiot. And the movie to me seemed so inept at times that I thought, wow. So he, he's, he's just, he's not not good at this. Not good at this. Yeah. So I, I started watching feast two. Did he also direct that one? He directed Feast 2 and Feast 3, and Feast 2 and 3 are both written by the same guys who wrote the first one. But the difference is it had nothing to do with Project Greenlight. It had nothing to do with Project Greenlight. Okay. Still coming through Dimension Films, but he had control, and it wasn't a part of a reality show where they were just trying to make a piece of shit. 
I think it's a better looking movie. It's not better, like, because the acting goes down. Like, you're, you're not getting the same level of acting, and this doesn't even have a great level no. of acting, honestly. Acting goes down, and, like, he, he gets his wish. As, he, as you'll find, if you do watch Project, uh, Project Greenlight Season 3, you'll find that uh, at, at a certain point, he says, nepotism is great. I love nepotism. I wouldn't be here without it. <laughs> My dad got me the job. Uh, and that was the point where I was like, oh, he did. Yeah. I, that had to have been it. They Like, you look at the cast, and they were going for all these niche audiences trying to pull them together. Clue Gulliger is Gulliger has how he says it, even though it's Gulliger, but that sounds weird. Whatever. <clears throat> um, so Clue Gulliger is going to bring in your hardcore, like, hor- like horror con people. The totally. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And it worked. I mean, with the home release, they obviously made their money. So, like, the casting was actually genius and made me then look at, like, the casting is genius and and it's obvious that he got this through nepotism. It made me realize, like, oh, it's all bullshit. Every word they're saying in this is bullshit. Why don't you just tell me the truth? Isn't it more interesting? Like, okay, we're going to get Jason Mewes because it brings in this audience and get this person because it brings in that audience. And you're like, oh, that's why they make all all these decisions instead of it just seeming random. Like... And they even actually make it seem like the casting director is, is pushing her own people and not caring about how the movie ends up. Yeah. But John Gulliger also only wants to cast his family and friends, <laughs> which they keep telling him, like, that is not going to happen. That's not how it works. That was his dad and his girlfriend do end up in the movie. Really? And his girlfriend's actually good. Which is his girlfriend? Uh, she plays the Harley mom. Oh, I think she does okay. a good job. She got her boobs out the whole movie. That's true. <laughs> That is true. But I think she does a good job of acting. Like, there's a few fine. people that do a good job in this. Um, here's my problem. What's the problem? Mostly. It's not with the casting. It's not with the story. Uh, it's definitely not with the creature design or anything. I think that's all pretty good. Okay. It's it's so incompetently shot. Yeah, it is. That it, you it has to be intentional. You can't tell what or who is on screen a lot of the time. And I understand that, like, especially whenever you're dealing with a lower budget movie like this, mm-hmm. you have to get creative in how you show stuff. Sure. If you just can't CGI your way into showing anything that you want to, again, just like a lot of old school horror classics, you have to get creative in how you show the sure. monster. You show things in silhouette. You show Which things is in the a, dark. And that's one of the things that the two writers were saying was really their what they wanted to do is get back to basics, get back to uh, problem solving in filmmaking. Boy, like how we do don't they have, fucking missed it though. They miss, well, but it's not their fault. That's what I'm saying is I think all three of the people, the director and the two writers involved with this, they don't deserve any bullshit for this movie. Well, so it's many, not their fault. So many of the action shots and stuff in this look like, like if you've ever watched any of those like you know videos that show up on YouTube or whatever of like dog steals a GoPro yeah. and runs wild, uh-huh. and it's just crazy shaking like yeah. you can't. The sky is on the bottom of the screen yeah. and the the grass is at the top. But at least like everything's going crazy. But you're able to ground yourself in knowing it's a dog running with a camera. <laughs> Because at least you know, like he's you not trying to make to, a movie. You always have to have something to grab onto. Hey, maybe he was trying to make a movie. Maybe he was. This is my one chance. This is the thing I love most: running. <laughs> this is what it looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think that the director and the writers deserve any shit for this. They were, they were fucking sandbagged. Sounds like they're born to fail. Yeah, they were sandbagged. They were not given the full opportunity, and it's obvious. Wes, if Wes Craven, re- he wasn't invested in this and didn't want to be, 
And I get it. Yeah, it sounds like it. Had anybody sat down and helped them edit it, they would have got it down to five to seven characters. They would have got it down to probably two to three creatures. I think we get five creatures in this. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been smaller. It would have been more stripped down, and the bar would have probably been more claustrophobic. Because I think sometimes the shots are going for claustrophobic to try to, like, replicate that claustrophobia. But the bar's so big that you don't feel it. It doesn't work. Yeah, you never... It's Well, the thing is, is, like, there's so many characters... That you never really get to know any of them. I mean, I mean, look at the um, look at the movies that this is clearly trying to ape. Right. Like, look at from Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn, for sure. There's like the three characters in the family yeah. and Tarantino and yeah. um, uh, George Clooney. George Clooney. It's like five characters, really. Later on in the movie, you get Sex Machine and all those. Sure, other ones. but you know, they they that's exactly how they should come. Like, we we needed a lighter intro for everything to go bad. And that light intro needed to introduce us to one to two characters that we need to care about. Yeah. We're the rest never of introduced to anyone we need to care about. No. And the thing is, is like you get these big character intros, which I want to talk about that in a second too. You get all these character intros and stuff, and then most of them die like really fast. Yeah. Why even bother doing that? Why well, not just let them be red shirts in the uh-huh. background? Like why I- does everybody in the bar have to be... Yeah. A fucking character. Let, I would let there love be some NPCs in there. To know if if that was in the script or if that was used because they didn't have the money to shoot the exposition to show that. Because in part two, he does a sort of similar thing where it go, it, it does that like sepia tone with their name, but then it has like a video of them that kind of shows how they are, which is kind of a Rob Zombie thing. Okay. Yeah. Like he, he in fact seems to show a lot of influence from Rob Zombie and Oliver Stone's uh, Natural Born Killers specifically in part two, which I think is just his style. Yeah. And you get little glimpses of that showing through in this, but not enough. So much of it seems to get tamped down and then it's just turned into meh. Right. Just mush. Like, can you imagine if this started with um, the hero and his wife and their kid driving? And then, like, suddenly their car gets attacked, and then feast. And then we're at the bar. Okay. That's all right. Now we're drawn in, right? Yeah. Now What's we're more interested. Yeah. Guess what? I didn't add anything to the budget just now. That's true. They fucked this movie on purpose. It doesn't take much to fix a to lot of these problems. Right. They fucked this movie on purpose. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong there. And also, too, like, fewer featured characters means lower budget as yeah. well. Yes, exactly. So they have... Why pay 15 at, people? At some point, they have about 10 people shooting during the day. That's $5,000 a day minimum. Yeah, yeah, minimum. That's like minimum. scale, right? Back then, yeah, around five hundred would have been min- uh, scale around then. Wow. It's it's a, a thousand now, um, but that's not even including stunt coordinators, stuntmen, makeup, costume, makeup, costume, script supervisor, everybody else is on set. They did they shot this in twenty one days, which is, I mean, respectable More considering how much they yeah. they got done. But the issue is that they had less time because they were paying more people you didn't when they didn't people. need to no absolutely not no so just cut some of the characters i, I mean i get the hero joke but here uh, here's the thing so the guy they were pursuing to play hero 
The guy that busts in the bar with the head of the Yeah, and tells everybody, like, this is what's going on, ass. and then immediately gets killed. So it's like, haha, a which, joke. Which was kind of humorous. That's the, the kind timing was of good. humorous. And if you know Eric Dane, who plays that character, then you're like, oh, he must be the main character. Oh, he just died. What a shock. But if you watched it back then, Eric Dane wasn't, he wasn't a anybody. big star. He wasn't McSteamy yet. He wasn't multiple man yet. Which is one of the reasons why I think they held off the uh, movie for a year because they had actually finished production uh, a little after Grey's Anatomy started and Grey's Anatomy became a hit. So I think they held off releasing it until the next year to like let that make steamy uh, yeah. stuff Again, build up. more of that audience, yeah. Yeah, and, and they, they didn't entirely fail this movie. They did release it close to October, which is something you want with a horror Preferable, movie. Preferable, sure. yeah. Yeah, but... That joke falls apart. What they wanted it to be was Mark Wahlberg. They wanted it to be an well, obvious like yeah. star character, and then he dies immediately, and then it's a big joke instead of like a just a tee-hee joke where like, oh, the main character died. So they wanted it to be Scream. Right. Basically. They got did. it. Yes. Yeah, but instead they got somebody that wasn't even a big name at that yeah. time, so the joke falls apart. I mean, he 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 was a respectable actor, but he wasn't a big name. He'd been in a bunch of TV at that point. Yeah, I, but it. I mean, yeah, then he became McSteamy, and now, yeah, people know who he is. But at the time, it was, the joke didn't work. So, no. like, th- that sucks. Then we get our heroine, then she dies. And we get our second heroine, who is Tuffy. Tuffy, she's called. Right, and she's she's uh, played by what's her name? I, I can't don't remember. remember. Yeah, uh, anyway, I have it written down. But yeah, she she has an interesting name. Mm-hmm. Tuffy Th- is Krista Allen. So Krista Allen, in the show, the the Project Greenlight, they show her being like a real big problem on set, but like also a diva or what? Yeah, but also like they set up that she only got the role because the casting director snuck her name on the list of final names and because she was the biggest name uh dimension selected it now all of this is definitely bullshit yeah there's no way any of it's real like there's no way uh nobody would want to seem that unprofessional at their job i shouldn't think so like you can do it and then say, oh, no, no, no. That was part of the reality program. Actually, like, we had already decided the cast well before, blah, 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 or whatever. And then Hollywood people will be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, of course. Of course you did that. You made money. But when you're watching it from home, you're just like, wow, is that is this how you do your job all the time? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, man. So Chris Allen uh, seemed to be a problem on the set from the thing, but from watching the movie... She's fine. I mean, she's not actually great, honestly. Like, I she would say, have a lot to work with. Like, she's yeah. just kind of mopey the whole movie, and that's yeah. about it. Like, it seems like her life kind of sucks. Yeah, well, her kid gets killed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, she just doesn't have much. But then there's the scene where she's stabbing the, the creature over and over and over. Like, slamming and with a shotgun. It's really and good. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, it's funny, too, because it just keeps happening. It's just like over and over and over. And it's like, how many times are they going to do this? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shots like that in this yeah. movie where it's just like, okay, I fucking get it. Yeah. There's that part where, like, the uh, the monster's, like, dick gets slammed in the door, and it shows uh, Hot Wheels, the kid in the wheelchair, yeah. like, kind of, like, circling it. It's kind of, like, in between his wheels, and mm-hmm. he's just kind of spinning. It'll show his wheels spinning around this alien dick, then show his, like, torso being like, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 then back to the wheels. 
then back to the torso, then back to the wheels, then back. To, <laughs> seriously, at least like at least four times, and it's like, okay, I fucking get it. I see it. Yeah, Ben, I need a pull. I think it's about time. It's to about get pull thirty, pulls. ain't it? It's beyond pull thirty, if I'm not mistaken. What we got here, Ben? Let's get us a pull of this K2 Bros, bro. Blue blue ring. Blue 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 blue. Mango habanero sour IPA. That sounds like a lot of things. Yeah. That sounds like a whole lot of things it's in a beer. three things I like. I do like those so. things. I don't know if they're all combined into one great thing, but we're going to find out about it. This also comes courtesy of Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. I've certainly had some mango habanero things. Yes, usually like a salsa. A salsa, yeah. You know, stuff like Mrs. that. Mrs. Renfro's mango habanero salsa is a dub on. It is good. Boy, this looks like a... Very thick. Ooh, juicy. Very juicy. Even like the, the foam is like orange yeah. on this thing. It's got a lot of color to it. You cannot see through it whatsoever. Very hazy. Boy, howdy. Oh, man. That smells crazy. That oh. smells like all of that stuff. Yeah. You can definitely smell the mango, I think, is yeah, the first thing can, I get. There's out a out slight of it. pepper smell to it. Yeah. Just a slight uh-huh. bit of habanero. It doesn't have that that smell of habanero that smells like fresh Tupperware, though. Habanero smells like (laughs) Tupperware, you know? What's that do to you? You just had a little sippy there. A little bit of sour, a little bit of mango, and then the heat. Oh, the heat. Oh, my God. Yep. The heat. Whoa. That comes in hot. That comes in pretty damn hot, dude. Yeah, it does. That's good heat, man. And again, the sourness tastes like how a mango is sour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, like a if you get one that's sourness. not quite fully ripe, you get that slight sourness yeah. to it, which is still good. How can a fruit be good when it's not even ripe? Because it's a mango. Mangoes be double. I love mangoes, They're dude. so good. The only oh. problem is the shit that gets in your teeth, I guess. Oh, I yeah. don't really have that problem, but a lot really of people have that, yeah. I don't think. No. Oh, man, so good. That is an interesting beer, dude. Yeah. Wow, I like that it. heat is, it just sits around, too, which is exactly what I want. Yeah, no I want doubt, it to man. be there. Oh, that's a real winter warmer right mm-hmm. there. That'll keep you warm <laughs> in the wintertime right there. Damn, dude. So, so there's right, some There's some other, at? like, spicy ones that Jeff sent us, too. Like, there's a jalapeno cream ale or yeah, something. Yeah, that's interesting, too. Jalapeno plus cream. Yeah. I'm interested. I look forward to finding out about that. But, yeah, so far, count me in on being a fan of a, of a K2 Bros yeah. brewing company. This is the first stuff of theirs that we've had yeah. on the show. And we've got a few more, so I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those. Thanks, Jeff. You win. You the man, Jeff. You're a winner. So, uh, the movie. I mean, what? I mean, what I would say specifically about this movie that fails, aside from looking incompetently shot a lot of the time, yes, is that even the actors who you know are good don't seem to care. Like, oh, Henry no Rollins is not in this movie. He's no. in it. Jason Mewes is not. not in this yeah. movie. Yeah. You don't bring in Henry Rollins to act like that. You could have had anybody play that anybody role. Anybody could do matter. that. Like, honestly, the only thing that it brings to the, the movie by having Henry Rollins in it is you look at look at him and you go, oh, it's the same your Black Flag. Yeah. That's I, it. I think they skipped a lot of normal, necessary steps in production. And again, couldn't they have saved fucking money <laughs> by not hiring yeah. Henry Rollins and Jason Mewes yeah. and some of these other big Exactly. Names? Couldn't they have? Like, because the second movie shot for $2 million. Like, like it seems like if they had listened to the guy they keep claiming is an idiot, John Gulliger, like, he wanted to hire his family. Sure. He says nepotism is great. Sure. And I disagree with him on that. In Hollywood, nepotism is terrible. There's so many people who have no ends that are very talented, looking to get in. But in this case, 
John Gulliger worked best with his family and friends. He knows his style, and when you see his family and friends auditions, they're good. Okay. His girlfriend is good. His dad is good. They should have worked with the director in his comfortability spots with his strengths, but they weren't trying to make uh, that movie. They were trying to make a disaster, and they got it. They, they fucking got it, I think. I think the first impression that I felt about this movie after I watched it is that it, it was kind of it was kind of like Tremors in that it's sort of a low-budget creature flick yeah. with people out in the desert and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like with none of the charm. Yeah. None of the, I, and I'm not even a big Tremors fan. Yeah, but it's got charm. It, it does. It certainly has, does. It has likable characters. It has likable characters. Kevin people, Bacon and the yeah. other guy, <laughs> yeah. the dad from the Fast Joe of Life dad. in there. Yeah. I mean, all these guys are like good and you care about the characters. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they watched Dust Till Dawn and then that, and then they were like, what if every character was a scummy piece of shit that yeah. you don't like? Because from be Dust better? Till Dawn, most of the characters are scummy pieces of shit, but we have the family that we care about. That you actually give a damn about. Which is, again, why if you introduced the hero, the heroine, the kid, they get attacked in their car or whatever, and then they come running in later and you lose the hero, doesn't even matter who it is, you're already sad and you're already more invested. And then we care about the heroine and her kid. and <laughs> Then it would have been impossible to kill them, though. I think they, like, I don't know. It, it's almost like a childish script writing thing where you're like, you know how, like, people introduce the hero first and stuff? Like, what if we kept doing that but killing him? And you know how, like, the kid always hides and gets away? What if we killed him, too? Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, you're subverting some expectations, but also some of those expectations are just expectations of story. Yeah. Like, if you tell us that this person you're talking about is the person we need to care about and then immediately kill them... You're an asshole. Well, that's the thing. Is like all those all those title cards and stuff that pop up yeah. at the top of the movie that tell us these characters like life expectancy and their role in the movie and stuff. Well, they're all bullshit. It's all mm-hmm. just completely unreliable. All it, of it. It feels like this guy just watched his very first Guy Ritchie movie and was like, <laughs> "That's how you do it." Like, oh, I just yeah. saw Snatch. They did this yeah. cool stuff. I'm going to do it in my movie too. So yeah, I do wonder about that. I'd love to know if those were in the script originally or if those were just the descriptions in the script and they had more exposition to get to that but they didn't have time to shoot it so they were like we'll just do it like this it'll be kind of creative and that's true it is kind of creative or how about the fact that just cut some characters though that's what i was gonna (laughs) say easiest choice easiest choice or maybe it happened because they chose to put fucking 15 characters in this and there's just not time no to do natural exposition no and show these characters in their environment it's and show totally how they impossible. people in their backstories and stuff yeah there's not enough time this would be a two and a half hour movie if you did that so we're never we're never given anyone to care about really the only person who escapes is that one girl that we again don't even really care about like we don't really I mean, know it's all, like why but, Tuffy's life is so hard right like, we don't ever really find out anything it's it's all just so I don't know uh, it it, it, it does seem like, I mean, and this is something I think everybody who sits down to write for their first time when they're in their teens or 20s, they all seem to think, why does everybody do it this way? I'm going to do it different. And, and right. it's just yeah. like if you had a guitar student and you taught them how to play a chord and they were like, what if I did it like this instead? I'm going to shape it upside down because nobody's ever played that shape that way. And it's like, right. well, it's because it sounds bad. Yeah, because it doesn't sound good. 
Yeah. People don't do that because it takes all of the investment out if you kill the characters that you say we're supposed to care about immediately. Yeah, it's just like bucking tradition for yeah. the shock value of bucking tradition. I mean, you could even have the kid and the husband die in the cold open. And then we just assume she's going to get killed, feast, go to the bar, and then she comes running in, and then she doesn't get killed yeah. out of nowhere, and then she makes it to the end and maybe gets killed. That's fine. She can get killed at the end. Whatever. You can have a bleak ending. Well, you can't have a bleak beginning. Well, like, you can't too. just be like, oh, nobody's going to survive. You can kill the hero immediately and have the scummy characters survive. Yes. In a meaningful way. I mean, yes. look at fucking Game of Thrones. Exactly. Season you one. You can totally like, do that. The guy with the most integrity of the bunch, the guy that's most mm. deserving to be king, loses his head because he has yeah. morals and values and integrity for himself. Mm. I mean, that's a symbolic killing of the hero and letting the scummy one survive. Yeah. And this, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't whatsoever. And dude, those fucking title cards, when those things kept coming up on screen, as if it wasn't distracting enough yeah. to have it in this like otherwise not very stylish movie. Like when it happens in yeah. a Guy Ritchie movie or something, the whole thing is so stylish mm -hmm. that it's like, okay, whatever, yeah. show me this weird shit. Well, and when it, happen too, you when know? it happens in Feast 2, not the cards, but the videos that kind of show yeah. who they are, it's it Still fits works. with the style that he's le led up to to that point. Yeah. Like... I mean, but the thing that annoyed me too about him is every time they popped up, did you notice how the fucking soundtrack would change? Yes. There was times where I, I guess he was trying to like pin a soundtrack song to, to suit that character. Right. So like, you know, Bozo's is this like fucking affliction core yeah. hard rock song. Uh, Tuffy's is a sad melodramatic ballad. I mean, it's not, the, it's not a bad choice normally. Well, it's bad when you, when you're in this environment where it just keeps happening. Dude, over and over. <laughs> there's times that the song changes like after yeah. six seconds That's the multiple thing times in a row. Is you never annoying. get a chance to absorb what you were just shown. And then they show it to you and then it has no bearing on the next second. So if you show, like, let's say you show us Jason Muse, blah, blah, blah. And then when it cuts back to him, he says some Jason Muse ass shit. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, cool. It all connects. Instead, it's like, this is Jason Muse. This is a different guy, different song. There's another person, different song. These are things about Ugh. them. Guess what, though? Don't trust those things we told but you. don't trust them. See, again, like when Guy Ritchie puts that shit on mm -hmm. screen, like, again, in Snatch it's just or something text. like text. Like fucking Bullet Tooth like Guy Ritchie Boris is the Blade. Guy Ritchie's trying to cut subtext entirely. He's yeah. trying to give you just text. This is giving you text and then saying it's subtext. Like, no, no, no. It was all a joke. It's all fun. See, this is a fun movie. We're having fun this whole time. If you have to explain that to me, it's not fun. Yeah. Also, <laughs> if, if you're having fun, why aren't you smiling, guys? You know? There's never a moment where anybody's having fun. And no. you, need those, you need moments of levity to keep up the intensity of the horror. Now, some people may like the jokes in this movie and they're like, yeah, there are moments of levity, but they're so weak. Like any, any slight amount, like they could have brought in one writer to do another pass on this and improved it 50%. That's true. Yeah. A second look would have done this a lot of yep. good. This seems like the napkin draft yep. of the movie and they're like, whatever, print it. And it seems like they had the producer just come in and hack. So yeah. they were like, because it had 20 characters, they cut down five, and they probably were just like, I don't like this one, I don't like that one, I don't like that one, and then they were like, oh, fuck, okay, now we have to make this all make sense. I don't know, put title cards up, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, 
I get frustrated by it, but I actually ended up way more frustrated by the truth of the production and this. And in fact, this is what um, Matt Damon said about this whole thing. He said, making cynically made low budget horror films for the purpose of making a small profit is not the reason I got into Greenlight. Woof. And that's what this is. This is a cynically made low budget horror film. That was never cynically made in the sense that it was made to cash in and they didn't care what anybody thought about John Gulliger or the writers or anybody involved. They didn't care how bad it made everyone else look. It sounds like they were way more interested in making a entertaining season of a TV show than they were yes, in making a fucking Because movie. the TV show is probably the bigger source of money. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you're talking advertisers running on that show. Yeah, for nine nine episodes, and then Weekly, it's Bravo, yeah. you got to expect a whole bunch of reruns. Yeah, exactly. And then licensing for streaming and yeah. stuff like that. It was probably a much better investment. This than is not streaming itself. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, this, I mean the streaming of the TV show. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. This show is not streaming anywhere. Oh, I watched it on YouTube some blessed individual out there has edited the whole season together where they cut out all the parts that aren't about feast so the first episode is way shorter because they just cut the competition entirely and just showed you the stuff where they talk about feast so it sounds like we're not alone in being like what the hell happened with this no i think whoever edited that really wanted to show everybody like what the fuck was going on here like it sounds like it was born to fail it really was and the fact that people like it makes like this is why it drove me crazy is not that i i'm frustrated that i can't control other people's opinions it's that when i did the investigation in this movie and found out like how cynically made it is how much of it seems to be thrown how much of it seems to be just tossing people under the bus i i don't know how anybody can look at the final product and like it well, that's the thing, dude, is after I watch this movie... Like, even without knowing those things. Right, Like, yeah. knowing those things, I'm like, okay, so the movie I saw and didn't like is the movie they made. Right. Well, that's the thing that blew my mind, dude, is, like, after I watched the movie, and I was just like, man, this is not fucking good. Yeah. I went on the IMDb page. It has a 6.3 on IMDb. I know, and it has a 57% rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I think. Which you might hear that and go, 6.3 is not that good. For a horror movie? For a horror movie, that's surprising. That's especially for one barely anybody has heard of. Yeah. And then the thing is, dude, is if you start reading the reviews, yeah, they're fake as fuck. Obviously. Like, they're absolutely written yeah. by bots and uh-huh. people paid. Like, And a lot of them are people that are just way over-exaggerating. Like, there's, there's one review near the top that's like, oh, zero stars. This is one of the most reprehensible movies I've ever seen. I didn't sleep for three days after I watched it. They killed a child. Like so, it's like they tried to get very this, like, obvious, yeah, a Veronica type of thing. You couldn't possibly even make it to the end of this movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but even then, it's like again, no such thing as bad publicity. This person <laughs> gave it, you know, one star or whatever, yeah. and they're like, "If you can watch this movie, right. you, you are a monster, sir. <laughs> you are a yeah." And then the horror movie fans who are like, "Yeah, that's me." Yeah, so they watch they're it. They're enticed to watch it. Yeah. But then there's also a lot of like, "Oh, ten out of ten, a creature feature for the ages." <laughs> you know, just like bullshit, man. And it's a cool th- and creature there, design. There are people being like, "No, what the fuck are these people talking about?" Yeah, Two. isn't it good? Yeah, it is a cool creature design. Thing is, is you get these quote monsters that look like somebody wearing a a pimp fur coat mm-hmm. and a cow skull. Yeah, because they also like tied in this way half-ass thing about like roadkill. Mm-hmm. You know, where like yeah. th- the movie starts with yeah, like roadkill and stuff. They're at the 
kill it and grill it cafe mm-hmm. in the bar or whatever. There's all this half-assed stuff about roadkill. Yeah. It's like, oh, they they put on discarded animal skins that were roadkill. Bullshit, man. You just didn't have the budget yeah. or the creativity. Well, that is exactly it. Yeah, like that was it. Like he eventually just had to be like, well, we gotta put some fur on him or something because I don't have the time or money. Like if you're just offering, like I don't know, like. There's no way they went to everyone involved in this and were like, okay, look, this is all fake. We're all, we're just pretending. So like a lot of these people just had to be in this unprofessional environment dealing with this. That's got to suck. Yeah. Got to suck a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. But I will say, once you do get the monster reveal at the end, I'm not going to say it's the most original design I've ever seen. It's kind of Mm. just like, you know. No, it looks like the, the Army of Darkness, like flying demon thing it kind of reminded me of um do you remember the liquor in alien oh sorry resident evil 2 yeah the Mm -hmm. liquor monster Mm -hmm. it had like the exposed brain and the long tongue and like no real visible eyes it kind of looks like a liquor kind of or just basically any generic alien type creature you know exposed musculature uh kind of pale skin gooey shark teeth i'm not gonna say it's an original design but it's very functional it looks like yeah it works and you know again i'm not just gonna fucking talk shit here practical it is practical. They did CGI. all practical effects, and some of the stuff in here, some of the gore in here is really good and funny and fun. There is. There's Mostly the gore. stuff that happens to Judah Friedlander. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Just disgusting. Yeah. Fucking but that, disgusting. That's all great. That's all just like, yeah. Like, why didn't you lean more into that? But then they didn't because they couldn't afford to do that many effects. Well, here's the thing, though. It's like, okay, on the subject of, of Judah mm-hmm. and his, his suffering throughout right. this movie. Yeah, because he gets it. He gets it really he bad. He gets it real bad. He, he gets, gets like covered hosed in the, down by that green acid, and goo. it's like basically just eating him slowly. And he's got like worms all over yeah. him, and he like his eye gets ripped out. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really the rough end of the deal that he's yeah. got here, and he slowly deteriorates through the movie. Okay, a movie like let's say Planet Terror, where like really disgusting, gross things happen, and to these they're characters. all caught in a bar at a certain point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's so over the top, and everything's mm-hmm. so gross that you see it and you laugh. Yes. You know? And it's just like, oh my God, that's so fucking gross. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of like, that dude's suffering. Yeah, it's true. It There's not a lot of joking going on. No, it's, dude, really it's just... like, it, it, you know, it goes from just like violent uh-huh. vomiting, please get me to a hospital, yeah. I'm fucking dying, nobody cares. I mean, there towards the end of the movie, he's like... He's got the Molotov cocktail in one hand and a lighter in the other hand, and he's like full body, like shaking and quivering. Yeah, I mean it's miserable to watch to me. It is like it's not fun. Right, brutality. The effects look great, but it's not fun. But it's not fun. It's just like watching suffering. Mm -hmm. Which to me, it's like again, there's there's a fine line there. Well, I mean that could really work in a horror movie, uh, even like Slither or something like that. Yeah, that type of disgusting, but it's so over the top that it's hilarious. And that that does happen. You really see like uh, Michael, uh, whatever his name is. Oh, Rourke. Michael Rourke. Yeah, Uh, you really see him uh, suffering and and then becoming this major creature, creature but then becoming the big bad like evil and like that's real fun and gross. Yes, this is just suffering that's the only word yeah. that i could like write down in my notes is like it's not fun to watch i think this. it all comes down to the charm too though because in slither you have i mean you have nathan fillion like that's true if you put nathan fillion in something it's, he's dark. gonna improve it that's just gonna happen 
but you you have better actors you have better like a better director i mean that that that's obvious james gunn is a better director than yeah, john Bueller. Yeah. he would agree i'm sure i'm sure he would probably agree uh but y- you also get from that like it keeps a tone throughout which is light and playful this doesn't keep a light playful tone so like when it gets light and playful it sometimes it just doesn't hit seems out of context yeah and then when things that if you were presenting them in a light and playful context would be funny are now grim and dark (laughs) okay yeah. yeah so one thing that falls definitely into that category for me is the fact that for unexplained reasons i feel like again there's something that got cut here the monsters are like crazy horny. Yeah, they fuck everything. They fuck everything, and it's yes. like that a little one that jumps into the bar at first, like fucks the uh, the mountain deer head, deer yeah. head on mm-hmm. the wall, and it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, whenever the two like adult ones see their dead child on a on a pike, they fucking make two more. <laughs> which again, a little bit of levity there, like yeah, the, that that car alarm is going off because they're like banging yeah, on the car. Yes, and that lady like turns the car alarm I, off. Like, that's kind of that funny. was actually a moment where I, I asked myself, why am I not laughing? Because right? like this yeah. situation seems funny, but I just I'm not having fun. That's a good point. There's stuff in this that is funny, but I actually didn't laugh because yeah. I was just not having a good time watching the movie. Yeah. But then it's like. With again, these crazy horny monsters. There's the part where, like, at the very end, Harley Mom has those like bombs strapped to her. Right. They think she's dead. Yeah. She turns out to actually be alive, which makes this way worse. Right. And they like throw her body out out in front of the bar. Right. And alien runs. Well, alien monster. Whatever whatever they are. Yeah. Runs up to her and just like very disgustingly like face fucks her. Yeah, and then she spits out a bunch of cum. That's not funny. It really isn't. Like, what was the joke there? Uh, it's it's really... It's one of those things that, like, it happened on screen, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did that just happen? Because it's disgusting. It really is. And, you know, again, like, we clearly, if you listen to the show... Yeah. We are not the moral majority. No. We are not prudes about stuff. No, I'm not, I'm not disgusted by people being face-fucked or having tons of cum in their mouth. I'm disgusted... By the fact that this was presented as like a funny moment. You know what would be funny? (laughs) Yeah, she gets orally raped by a monster. That's not fucking where it's at. Okay, this is the thing we've learned from our Friday night movies. Rape makes a bad movie. It tends to make a movie bad. They put it in bad movies all the time. It's crazy. If you want to make a bad movie better, take the rape out. Right now, if you're writing that screenplay and you got a rape in it, take it out. Try that out. Try that. It'll improve your movie. Because why is it there? Don't nobody want to see that. If a rape happens, it is the devastating moment. Yeah. Like, like this is the moment then that starts the movie. And not only is there, there that, but it's like this woman got her leg blown off. They thought she died. Turns out she's still alive. They still choose to use her as a human Mm -hmm. bomb. Right. They throw her out in front yeah. of there, and then this happens, and then they do blow her up. All right, now like, that's just fucking miserable. Again, that's suffering. That's it not is. funny. That's not. It's not fun. So gross and yeah. over the top that it's hilarious. That's just bad. I mean, because me. like uh, cutting out the the mouth rape, all that other stuff could be funny if we also were kind of cheering for the creatures, but we're not. No, I at no point found them charming or interesting. 
Like, I, I don't want them to win. They're not gremlins. They're... Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them. Mm-mm. So, all these bad things happening to this person... <laughs> like, I just... Uh, like, the worst thing... We, we know she was, according to the thing, gonna rob the bar. I does completely she, missed that. I does don't she ever care. attempt to do that? Was that in the story? It was on the card when they showed Harley Mom. Said, oh, that's about right. To yeah, about bar to rob bar in 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah, that didn't happen at all, though. So what the fuck? Why? Why? Why lie? Why? Why even tell us this? Unreliable narrative shit. It's not good. What, I, like, is that enough for her torture to then be, like, valid? Oh, she was going to rob the bar. Oh, uh, could you imagine if somebody that. took money from a bar? She deserved that. She deserved to have no. her leg chopped off, then face raped by a creature, and then exploded while still alive. Oh. It, like, it's just There's so incongruous. It doesn't work. No. So then, yeah. I mean, I think we're just going over the same point over and over that this movie never hits a tone for us. I, I know people like this movie and enjoy it, and I want you to keep enjoying it yeah. if you want to. And like I said, whenever I read the fake reviews, I was like, oh, so this is clearly all fake hype. And then actually, like we said, a lot of the people a lot of people Facebook do like it. So really do like it. More I, do, I do have a, I do have a question, and I would, and this is sincere. Like, I would like answers to this. Like, having heard everything we have to say about the production and stuff, like, does it is it a deficit to the movie like does that hurt the movie for you and if not that's fine if so i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry to go <laughs> the thing you liked, but uh i'd like to know because like right i i think you know context context is a matter of importance when it comes to things that you like but honestly like I can overlook context if I just enjoy something. Like yeah. if I like it, I don't care. Like, um, uh, do you remember there was a documentary about the the little girl who was supposedly painting all these beautiful abstract paintings, and the documentary crew like followed them, and it kind of turns out that it probably was the dad doing the paintings. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the movie, I was like, so, like, all these people were saying these paintings were amazing. Then they find out it wasn't a little girl doing them. So why is the painting not amazing anymore? True. Like if you so the story is like amazing. you were all talking about the color and composition and balance and all this stuff. I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you find out it's maybe not a a child doing it, and now it's not good. It's not good anymore now. So uh. I I don't think context has to ruin movies for us. No. But I, I would like to understand. Like uh, me too. Like let me know like what, what you're especially if you can tell me that you just love it because it's. You think it's so bad that it's good? It's so much easier for me to deal with. Sure, because <laughs> yeah. I want I do want to understand the other mindset though. That's just like, no, this is a good it's movie. A good what movie. are you talking about? I don't about? get it, man. Yeah, I mean, there is some great gore. I mean, some of the some of the way that they shoot they yeah. shoot some of those effects and stuff is fantastic. Yeah. The scene where like Judah gets his head like uh-huh. blown up. Yeah, like basically the monster just kind of claps his head, mm-hmm. and it is like watching a watermelon with a stick of it's dynamite cool. in it. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Gore yeah. just goes fucking everywhere. Yeah, when she gets her legs shot off, mm. that looks great, it does. man. And again, all like practical and stuff. All the practical, all these practical effects, like these are the things that we want out of a movie, and maybe that's what people were loving in two thousand five because it was so novel. Because That's most, true. Yeah, yeah, maybe everything else is just very CGI ridden. But yeah, now that, that we're we're in, uh, you know, this third gold age of horror, um, it's kind of 
it's it's been surpassed so far like so many people do all practical effects now that you look at these and they just don't measure up somewhat i mean i even look like tremors cost uh, 11 million dollars to make so like that was before this too that was before this big budget yeah and but like thinking in 1991 or two when that came out yeah uh, to to 2005 11 million to 12 million there's probably like what they were saying the movie should cost yeah is about what tremors cost so look at tremors and think what if they made this movie with that budget this movie could have been way better seems that way yeah there is some humor in it that I caught yeah. better the second time around. I mean, all of these things would have been punched up. Like, that's the thing, is that yeah. they just didn't have the budget to bring in writers to punch it up and make it all flow better and work better. But I like the parts, like, for example, um, you know, whenever the hero, like, the, the first hero, jumps in and says, like, you get on the phone, and, like, Judah, like, picks up the pay phone to start calling the National Guard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, later through the events of all the action that happens after that, the pay phone ends up getting, like, blown off the wall, but he's still, like kind of hangs the phone up like yeah where it would go uh-huh. stuff like that like uh-huh. there's funny moments there are there were definitely moments where i laughed out loud and then there's just the moments where i was just staring at the screen like, how long uh, did this movie feel to you it seriously felt like hour 45 i like, thought it felt like two hours man yeah like, how, I, I it's thought, only like 120 right it's, it's uh pretty short. it's about an hour and a half okay like that like the first time that i watched it I thought to myself, it's just because I've had a long day. Yeah. This isn't very good. I know you texted really me new. about it. Yeah. And then when I started watching and texting you about it, you're like, oh my God, thank goodness. I thought it was just yeah. me. You know, I just thought I was not in the mood to do this and it was ruining the movie for me. But even, even like today, like I said, I was rewatching it while I was like practicing guitar and stuff like that. And it's the kind of deal where I'd pause it and be like, oh, I'm 15 minutes into this. Mm-hmm. And then I'd sit and watch it for a while more, had to pause it to feed the dog or whatever. And I'm like, I'm only half an hour into this. There's still an hour left. We just never get enough to grab on to for it to, because for something to feel like it's flying, it has to feel like constant progress is being made. And no, pro- no progress is made in this movie. No. Because we don't start anywhere. We start at zero and end at zero. Like with a horror movie, you normally start at one, go down to zero and maybe come back to one. Mm-hmm. Or go to negative one where things get even worse. Yeah, yeah, very bad. But in this, you start at zero, no elevation ever, just zero. Like, you're in a dingy, dank bar with dangerous customers. Oh, shit, gets even more dangerous. The end. That's kind of it. (laughs) And the people that get away, like, I don't give a shit about Bozo. No. He's a piece of shit. In fact, he is. Yep, he is a piece of shit. how about even that ending shot where they get in the car and start driving off, and then the car, like, sputters and dies? Mm Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of sits there for a while. Yeah. It's like the movie's like, you're not leaving yet. Yeah. That could have been mildly amusing. Yeah. And it could have been a good, like. The timing's just not there. Yes, exactly. The, the timing yes. isn't there. Oh, it, it's like somebody who, like, is super funny but has just terrible timing or, yeah. like, just terrible, like, delivery. Where, like, th- that moment would have been so effective if we cared. Up to that point. Like, if at that point we cared about those people in that car and the car sputtered and then stopped and then we're like, okay, what's about to happen? End. Like, that would have been like, oh my gosh, yes, I loved that. But instead it's like, 
Okay, so two people I don't care about are maybe getting away. Oh, their car stopped. I will. Okay. Who cares? I hope yeah, they, they get they're killed. They're fucking assholes. I don't care. They don't get killed. They get away. That's the beginning of part two. <laughs> they get away. And then uh, Tuffy, or not Tuffy, Harley Mom's sister shows up, played by the same chick. <laughs> okay. And turns right. out Clue Gulliger didn't die. <laughs> okay. It was heart attack. <laughs> well, and then he got like mauled too. Yes. What the yeah. fuck ever. Anyway, but I I, again, care. I like that was just John uh, Gulliger's way of being like, this is the movie I wanted. Like, if you watch Feast Two, it's like this is the feast he wanted to make. Yeah, and probably that the writers wanted to make. That is a little more stylized, a little more clear in tone, a little more like, a little more like you could get on its side. Okay. If you if especially if, if you, you cared if you cared yeah, yeah. but for me like. I did get about 25 minutes into it and, and I wasn't mad at it and I might even finish it. I got about 25 minutes into it and I was like, I got the gist. Like, I'm not that into this movie. Well, I know your favorite thing about this flick though had to be that all of your favorite bands were on the soundtrack. Oh God, I love the soundtrack. All of your favorite oh, bands. Oh, it's so good, right? It just reminded me of like every <laughs> uh, intro to like a UFC fight yeah. ever. <laughs> it sounded like if you turned an Affliction shirt into a soundtrack. <laughs> If you could listen, if you could listen to Axe body spray, yeah, yeah, and I could keep going. Yeah, it, just fucking dog shit soundtrack, and it was always so obnoxious as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's that scene where they're like covering up the bodies and stuff like that, like getting ready for the next wave of attacks or whatever, and it starts playing that obnoxious ass like new Skid Row song. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like fucking Youth Gone Wild or something cool. No. It's like a new one that nobody gives a shit about. Nope. The lyrics are just dog shit. Of course. And it's like way loud and obnoxious. And mm-hmm. it's just a guy screaming lyrics in your face when it's like, you know what would have been better here? Instrumental original score. Yes. Horrible license soundtrack. It just sounds like a bunch of fucking. I mean, butt the licenses rock. all had to cost more than just hiring a moderately good, uh, what do you call it? Composer. Yeah, totally. Movie would have been immensely better. Here's the thing: I don't. <clears throat> okay, I, I I forgot this. Okay, so I want to compare this to the movie that the uh, Dimension compared it to, and that is Cabin Fever. Dimension was looking to make a Cabin Fever type of movie. Okay, gross out one location, cast of characters right. stuck there. One point five million dollar budget came out just a few years before this. Here's the difference. Between what they did and what Eli Roth did. One, uh, we've said before, neither of us is a huge Eli Roth fan as a director. I think he's done some good stuff acting, um, but he's Eli Roth. I mean, he... That's what you get. Yeah. He did his thing. Like, he, he was a production assistant. He worked his ass off. He wrote this movie and wanted to make it, and he made it fucking happen. And he put Sean Matthews in it. And he put Sean... He made it... God, that's a good choice, too, Smoking right? bowl. Because, like... That I was, care. He was, still, he was still kind of dealing with what Hollywood had been doing with horror movies, where you put in recognizable young faces. So he's making smart choices. Sure. You watch Cabin Fever, even though it's not a great movie, it's Eli Roth. Like, it is him. It's his vision... It's how his movies tend to look. I mean, he progresses and gets better, but he it's his vision. Whereas this is a mishmash of a whole bunch of different people's visions. The budget was never meant to work. It was all always meant to fail. They made every single wrong choice they could. 
like it, it is possible. It's maybe even probable that studio heads are that dumb. Maybe. But I seriously believe this was all staged, all made up, just to make money off a reality show. It makes more sense. Especially yeah. the more that you tell me about it, the more that I start to see, like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. exactly why this turned out the way that it did. Yeah. Because if the guy was an incompetent fuck, he wouldn't have gotten any more work after this. No, but he did. I mean, it's not major work. I mean, he most recently directed the, the newest installment of the Children of the Corn series in 2018. He was also in the newest Hellraiser as the assessor. Whoa. Yeah. That's the guy that directed this? Uh-huh. Is the assessor? Uh-huh. Well, he actually was the the best part of that movie. He's he's good. Like that's the God, thing. That is awful though. Well, oh, that's that's the thing that like I just didn't get cuz like I was the easiest way for me to go with this would to be this is terribly directed, but then seeing what they did, it's like why did they do this to a person? Like I get that reality shows just feel like they can do whatever with anybody. I know they see humans as nothing but capital. But why why pick a person who really has a dream and well, really wants to do something I'll, I'll tell you why. and then make them look like shit? Because look at it this way. You or I watching that TV show would go, oh, I would never hire that person. Mm-hmm. Anybody in the entertainment industry yeah. that watches this knows, well, this is all fake. I yeah, know. that's true. So it doesn't matter to them. Like They know that casting director is well, not that, hard okay. to work with. They know that Clue is not yeah. an, or, uh, John is not an incompetent piece of right. shit. Because they know that this entire thing is staged and fake. Yeah. It's just for our benefit. Yeah, but all the... Any... any I mean, one, it had such low ratings that obviously not that many people saw it. But anybody who saw it maybe growing up as a teenager probably has in their mind, if you say the name John Gulliger, oh, what an idiot. Right. And that person could become a studio head. And John Gulliger could still be trying to make a movie. Hollywood can't... Well, it is. Hollywood is that short-sighted, but they shouldn't. Like, And and that's what Matt Damon says so many times in... Because he's only in the first episode, and he seemed to just wash his hands of the whole affair after that. (laughs) See you later. But he says so many times, just basically like, you're not going to be happy by making movies that you think might make money. Right. So, like, there are people in Hollywood who aren't this cynical. But parts of Hollywood are this cynical that they will basically just... Poor, they're basically corpse grinders. Like they're just throwing people into the fucking machine, letting it grind them up, and not giving a shit. And that sucks. And that's how you get feast. And that's how you get feast. <laughs> Man, I, like I know that a lot of you guys listening really enjoyed this movie. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, there's also the possibility that Jason submitted this movie because he's like, I want to hear him talk shit about this. But that's I think, that, I think that you do like it. If I'm not mistaken, I think, I think a, so. Well, he said, he, said he enjoyed it, but maybe so bad it's good. Who knows? Maybe it's one of those deals. Yeah. Or maybe I just, just couldn't get into it. Gore. I mean, to me, like the so bad that it's good are the the movies that are unself aware, the movies that don't yes. know that they're being yeah. bad, or the movies it that feels are just like, trying yeah. so hard to be good that they fuck it up. You yeah, know? the movie that's trying to be hip that just entirely fails at it. The movie that's trying to be so bad that it's good. Yeah, maybe so gross out that it's yeah. that it's good. You know, because you can't. Do, yeah, you. It needs to be organic. It needs to be. It needs to be that you don't know what the fuck you're doing, or or that you do know what you're doing and you're just choosing to make it so over the top that it's right. ludicrous. Yeah, like where it's dead a alive, choice, man. Like dead where, alive yeah. is disgusting. Exactly, and a blast. Absolutely. There's a sense of joy to it that this movie just does well, not okay. have. Okay, uh, Dead Alive. A lot of community involvement. Yeah. 
Peter Jackson bringing in friends, family, etc. And John Gulliger was trying to do that. And, okay, they pretended so much like it was, they were trying to get Mark Wahlberg so hard. And they, they have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck as producers. If they cared, they could have sat them down and been like, your names are on this. Do you know somebody who we can bring in? Or could you have not had fucking Ben Affleck or Matt Damon bust in? They, were, like, both mentioned, they were both mentioned and then never mentioned again. Because so, they knew. Yeah, they knew. So, like, it just seems like there were so many opportunities where they could have turned to people. Or, or in fact, they did turn to them and they kept telling them, don't make this movie. And they just weren't listening and then not using the resources they had, which means either they're bad at their jobs, they're terrible at this, or they wanted it to fail. They wanted to create a fun, fun, wanted to create a dramatic reality show. Yeah, that's more like dramatic. It's definitely not fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, guys. It seems like we're in the minority that we that we really dislike this movie because it seems like yeah. a lot of you guys do. I hope we didn't spoil but I your really fun. Do dislike. I it. really do dislike it, man. What's your What's your rating on this thing? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough on one. That's a tough one. I've been like really debating. Uh, I'll give it merits for practical effects. Yeah, practical effects. Uh, some funny moments. Uh, certainly, I I don't put I don't put the majority of the blame on the writers or the director. I think that they. Um, you can look at the rest of their work and make judgments based on them, but this is not something to judge them on. I don't right. think they had enough control over it. Fair enough. Uh, and as far as the actors go, I can get not being very inspired. I can get that they probably only had one take for a lot of stuff because they only had 21 days to shoot and they had some stunts and, and major like gore effects and stuff that would have taken the whole day. So... A lot of those acting scenes were probably first reading. <laughs> That's it. Off we go. So you can't even get mad at the actors. The producers are to blame for this. For sure. The producers sure. are to blame for this. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like if I were to see these producers' names on a movie I hadn't heard of again, I wouldn't watch it. And I'm not talking about Matt Damon, Wes Craven, and Ben Affleck. The producers they push out there is like the major... I'm talking about the people that actually worked on the movie. Because yeah, those yeah. guys weren't even there. Right. I would be less inclined to watch that movie. Because if that's how they work, I know their movies are probably going to suck. Sure. Yeah. So for me, this is like a two and a half. That's kind. Of, that's kind of exactly where I was putting it. I might go... I might go as high as three. Yeah, maybe. Because maybe three. Because some of the gore is really well it done. It is. It is. Like, even when, like, Chick gets her, uh, Harley Mom gets her leg shot off. Oh, that's great. It looks awesome. It looks great. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like, my score is based entirely on the gore. Yep. Because there is some good practical uh-huh. gore, especially during this time period where everything was getting into CGI. Yep. There's some crappy, like, you know, blood spray on the camera that's mm-hmm. obviously digital and stuff yes. like this. But there's some good gore. Yeah. Uh, some of it just being unnecessary to me. I mean, whenever Chip yeah. like rams her entire arm down the creature's right. throat, and she's like, "Yeah, choke on it." Again, that's just like, I why is this so hilarious? Why is this so needlessly like sexual? I don't know. It's just weird, I, man. Uh, maybe was she getting revenge for the throat rape? I, I don't know. Did she I even see that happen? I don't know. Because they they went to great lengths to show us that she had knocked all of its teeth out. Yeah. 
before she stuffed her whole arm down yeah. his throat. I don't know, man. <laughs> I did. I, 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 I won't just watch thought it that. again. I really thought that moment really worked for me. Woof. And I wish that it had either gone that over the top always. Always, right. Or never. It had just stuck to, like, let's keep it sort of. Because like, if you're going to go grim, you can't also go silly on the gore. True. No. Nah. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, we, we didn't rate this high. Though this was uh, one of the most challenging but also fun movies I've researched. Yeah, it's interesting to know the backstory about this. Because yeah. I just watched it as a movie that I didn't really like very yeah. much. But now that I know more of the history about it, since you told me about the, the yeah. whole production and everything, it is interesting to know the, the history yeah. of how this got made. I that's that That is the saving grace of this movie for sure. And in fact, if, if you watch that Project Greenlight Season 3... Uh, with what we've said in mind, I, I, I doubt you'll get through the season because you'll see what I'm saying. It gets so ridiculous and silly where it's like, this is not how anyone's not how done, workplace yeah. operates. If your workplace operated like this, you would quit. Nobody would work this way. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we do have something that we're going to review next week on what? the show that is going to be much more highly rated that we're going to tell you guys about. After we plug all of our social media and shit. Uh, at oh. Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, forward slash Dead Lovely, Dead and Lovely on Facebook and YouTube. That's right. Uh, dead and Lovely Pod at gmail.com is our email address. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Dead and Lovely. This was a Patreon pick. The next movie we're doing is a Patreon pick. That's right. Become a $5 subscriber. We will get to your movie even if we don't randomly draw it. That's I'm true. telling you. Yeah, if you sign up at the $5 level, you can submit a movie that will be drawn at random. We've been doing these at least once a month, sometimes a couple times a month, because yeah. y'all typically have very good taste. Yeah, seriously. Like, cover stuff that we wanted to talk about anyway. Well, and even like now, like not knowing Feast, now I look at all the titles I see that I don't know, and I'm like, I want to watch. I like, I, I need to learn what that is. Yeah, that's right. So be sure to join up at that level if you got a movie you want to discover. But there's also like a $3 and a $1 level. Oh, if yeah. you just want to show some love hey, yeah, whatever. to your boys, mm -hmm. to Bachelor Ben and Hurlywood Sturve. We also have uh, t-shirts for sale still. Uh, email us if you want a t-shirt. We will have more merch soon because we hit the, the first goal on our Patreon. And yeah, we're going to make some, some beer koozies. Uh, just was waiting till the end of January, honestly. Yeah. Because it's right for, for after the holidays and, and all too, that you know? stuff. It's just, you know, you don't, everybody spent all this money. And then if we had done it at the end of December, it would kind of fuck with our taxes. Because, totally, yeah, man. it would have been an expenditure that maybe would have made it not possible to pay the tax bill that we do have. Um, but, yeah, so we're, we're, uh, we're going to have some more stuff out soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And don't forget, too, uh, you guys can rate and review on iTunes. It helps the show out a ton. And as an extra bonus, and I've already seen people taking advantage of this, and I likey what I see. <laughs> we talked about it on the show last week where I was like, you know what? Go on there, review yeah. the podcast on iTunes, and you can ask us anything. FAQ. Yeah, we're yeah. going to compile a little list of the ones that you guys put on there. I've already seen a couple of great questions pop up yeah, we'll in the reviews and stuff. Yeah, we'll probably do that. In Just a couple weeks we or next up, week, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to yeah. me, that's a great thing we can tap into when I mean, we can't think of a relevant preview palace. Yeah, know? we're about to record two more episodes in a few days. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. We'll, maybe we'll need to do it for the second episode. Right, yeah. so you guys go ahead so and go, go ahead and get on in there. there and review. And again, keep it G-rated or else I won't post it and we won't ever see your question or anything. So put up a, a positive G-rated review and ask us any question that you want to. 
and Hell we'll yeah. answer that on a future boxes episode. or briefs that's right Obviously. yeah maybe uh, uh what color is your underarm here uh strawberry or grape jelly i got all the colors yeah, all mm-hmm. the colors of the rainbow. Uh-huh. It's like a rainbow. <laughs> also, I even thought you meant strawberry or grape jelly underarm hair, and I was like, "Huh, I guess that could mean like red or black or purple." <laughs> my body hair is straight. Now, isn't that something? Wow. Yeah, like my chest hair and stuff. Seriously, totally straight. Like your underarm hair, everything? Yeah, my, my underarm hair is straight. <gasps> yeah, I got the curly pubes. Well, yeah, everybody does. Everybody does. But like my chest hair and stuff. Straight. That's crazy. It's really strange. Huh. I want to know what in my lineage made that happen. Oh, you, you probably got emo lineage, right? Your is shit that the got deal? straightened. straightened? <laughs> yeah, flat ironed. <laughs> I'm naturally flat ironed. That's what it is. Oh well. Well, you guys be sure to tune into the show next week. We're going to be talking about. The Eternal Classic. I'm uh-huh. so excited to be talking about this because it's so great. Motherfucking Day of the Dead. Yeah. Dave Barnett suggested this, and man, it's time to get to it. Yeah, dude. It's long over we've done We've done Night of the Living Dead. We've done Dawn of the Dead. Time to get to Day, Day of the Dead, which I think is, uh, of the three, not the best movie, but the most interesting and, and weirdest. Very interesting. Yeah. And grim. Just and grim. Dark very movie. grim. Really yeah. like this one a lot. So we'll be talking about that next week on the show. So you guys be sure to tune in and check that one out whenever it comes out. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Dead and Lovely. You guys are fantastic. You're better than we deserve. And we'll be coming at you with a Romero-filled mega review of mm. Day of the Dead next week. So be sure to tune in then. In the meantime, you guys have been absolutely fantastic. We've been Dead and Lovely. Thought that occurred to me this week, Steve. Okay. Do you think that cauliflower ear is actually just a low-carb alternative to pasta ear or rice ear? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. It's just as filling, (laughs) only with a lot less carbs, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so, like, if you're munching on somebody's ear, you're like, now, wait a second. Is this cauliflower or pasta? I you can find always out, tell the difference. You find out pasta out the door. No mm-hmm. way, man. I'm low carb. I can't lick your ear. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fool myself, though. I know the whole time I'm eating, I'm like, this just wants to be noodle ear. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you taste it and you bite into that texture and you're like, yeah, that's not It's pasta. not the same at yeah. all. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Yuck. Pasta ear. <laughs>